From the hills of Kyoto to the steps of Rome and everywhere between, Jorge or Viv or Tiff has traveled between these places. And last week's podcast, we talked about all our travel situations in the past and all the tips and tricks that we've gained from these travels. And could you imagine if there's an app that you could just go in and you see where your friends have been and you just click on it and you can type, ask them questions, you know, where's the best place to go? What's the best place to eat? Where are some tips and tricks and the best things to do prior to even stepping foot on these places? This app does not exist. It's always been my idea and it probably won't ever happen. And now it's going to get stolen. Now it's going to get stolen because it's on a podcast. But yeah, if you guys tuned into our last week's podcast, we talk about our travels and uh, all the places we've been. Uh, check it out. Tiff was our guest. Pretty much everywhere from, I think, the furthest, let's say, Edmonton being center. The furthest west is Kuala Lumpur and the furthest east is the Czech Republic. Kind of everywhere between that we've been to. We've never really been to Africa or Middle East or anything like that. But um, Australia, isn't that? No, Kuala Lumpur is further west than Australia, <laughs> ma'am. Damn, good job. <laughs> uh, I, I guess further south. We've I've been to Australia, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, check it out, and you'll hear some of our cool tips and tricks for traveling too. And uh, if you guys are listening and you guys are interested in that, give us some of your tips and tricks from last podcast. Anyways, we'll get this week's podcast started. I'm Jorge, and this is Viv. Oh, and shit, we didn't even ask. Do you have a nickname you want to use? Oh, uh, I don't know. Um. um. <laughs> All right, so you can go with wait, 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 go with wave. Wave. All right, yeah. is that ooh, your like DJ ooh. name or something? No, it's oh. uh, it's something. It's like a Twitch a name? internet alias, I guess. Ooh, okay, mm, and we got okay. wave with us today. Um, I only asked that because some some people don't want to use. Their I real apologize name. Yeah. in advance if I use your real name. Yeah, this <laughs> oh, is really good at using every people's time. real name. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, usually the first. I guess we didn't even explain any of this to you. We usually talk about how was our week for the first couple. Minutes okay. of the segment, so oh, we'll yes. start with. Or I'll I'll get started, I guess. Uh, so my week was very average, I guess. Not much really happened. There was a snowstorm on Tuesday on in Edmonton. That was kind of shitty. Like it took me a while to drive, uh, to work. So that was pretty brutal. But other than that, everything's been average except oh Monday we had a crazy volleyball game. So me and Viv's in the same volleyball league, and on Monday we oh. were playing pop. Uh, we were playing in the playoffs against each other, and it was like a best of three game, and we went to the third game. Uh, I think we won like 15-10 or something. But it was really hyped because like we played super late and everyone else was done. So like everyone was just around our court watching the whole time and there were some like sick plays during that time. Not for me. Like I was I thought I played like <laughs> trash or like very average. Do you really? Yeah, I thought I thought I played very average that day. Oh. Um but I felt like my, my team was like on top of it. So they they have my back whenever I'm down, so that's good. Like how um, late was this? Um, this was Monday. We play so that we usually play either seven to nine or nine to eleven. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, other than that, I think on Wednesday I picked up my little cousin from the airport. It's the first time she's traveled by herself. Uh, so I was picking her up. So it's cool. It was, it's kind of nice. So you, like we just talked about the travel podcast last week, and then it's cool. Like she's you know fresh and new. And then I remember when she got into my car, she was telling me like you know what, maybe I shouldn't have went to Vancouver for so long because she went for a week, right? And I'm like, dude, that's a lot of time in Vancouver if you don't, like, have family there or something like that, yeah. right? Um, but it's cool because, like, you, you just learn these things as you do it, right? Like, no matter how many times you tell something to, to someone, it's almost like they need to fuck up or they need to, like, go through the experience to truly learn, right? So it's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Now now you have a cool experience. It's, it's, it's kind of nice to see. Because, like, my little cousin's always been, like, I think I'm, like... 
10 years her senior i don't know like I, i've always treated her like my like all my little cousins like my little siblings right so it's yeah. kind of nice seeing them you know finally going out and trying cool things yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah how about you wave have you done anything <laughs> cool this week uh not really i mean like uh just working and uh do you do you still work from home or do you do you yeah go to the office? Uh, it's a it's a mix now so it's oh. like i go in when i want um usually it's like two times a week when i have like a meeting with like coworkers and stuff so yeah, yeah i do try to come in i'm more productive when i'm in I get oh, way yeah. less done when I'm at home. Uh, for for me, I think it's like half and half. So like if I'm forced to always go in, I feel like I become less productive. But if I'm like only have to go in like half the time when I'm there, I'm super productive. And then when I'm at home, I, I'm still productive. I just spend less time actually like doing like doing things. Right. Just because like I try to compress everything and try to do more in less time. Yeah, I think it's the ADHD for me. It's just like, like it's so there's so many stimuli like around my entire like room or house and like the things I could easily be doing that you know, I just uh, get distracted. Do you guys? Do you I completely relate to that. I'm like the same. Sometimes I feel like I have ADHD too. Pro- I mean, I, it's I, a spectrum. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. When I'm at work, there's at least minimum per day an hour of meetings that I don't have to be there. Yeah. So, like, those are, like, if I was at home, it'd be, like, put in wireless earbuds and go and do, like, wash the dishes or, like, do laundry while these people talk about random stuff that they've invited me to that I have zero input on. So, I, I see how that could be helpful, too. Yeah. Wave, have you heard of the Pomodoro timer? Yeah. The 30, like, you go in 20-minute or 30-minute bursts of working, right? Yeah, 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 I actually do that a lot just to, you know. How does that work? I'm going to say for my ADHD or... No, but like, like, so is it like an alarm or something? Like you work for 20 minutes? Yeah, it's like you work for 25 minutes and you take a five minute break. So it kind of gives you that burst of focus. And then it tells Mm. you that you will be rewarded for this focus by being able to stop concentrating for a period of time. Do do you guys think that's like a timing that you guys are cool with? Like 20 and five? Is it 25 and five? Well, it it varies on person. person, Yeah. I think me, it's, uh, I would say like 50 and 10. Or like something around that range. Like I can focus for like about an hour ish, yeah. and then I need to like stretch a bit for like relatively short duration, and then I can get back into it. I do forty five and ten. Forty five and ten. Oh, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I don't use that technique at all, but like I, I kind of have these hyper focus periods where like I can go for like hours on a t- certain topic. Yeah. But then uh, maybe the next day I won't touch it at all. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's pretty volatile, um, which is kind of why my productivity kind of spikes and then declines dramatically i feel like that's so natural like I mean, I, whatever works right overall I, well, I, I mean i actually feel like like when i get invested in something yeah i'm i can sit there for like three hours straight and just do it right but then oh, yeah. like it's also diminishing returns as in that same day like you can only input so much and then your brain just shuts down yeah oh, like yeah. like if you worked really hard like for like the whole morning your brain just shuts down for the afternoon for me at least like if i actually get a lot of production out in, in the morning afternoon i'm like guys i like can't think right now like i'll read the same paragraph like five times i'm like nothing's going through yeah no yeah, agree and, and the, the problem is that like the nine to five doesn't really fit that in really well either yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. like no one's actually productive exactly around the hours of nine to five yeah but then my brain chooses to be more productive around like 7 p.m sometimes yes right? yes. yes we talked about this before right like the human your inside your eternal clock or something like that it works in two phases in the morning and the night is when you're most productive in the middle of the day is when you're least productive yeah and that's what the europeans work their work schedule it's the in spain it's called the the sleeping time fuck i forgot the terminology for that the siesta yeah siesta right no (laughs) fuck Siesta sounds like a like a, a party party yeah but we're probably thinking fiesta. no it is no a siesta is a short nap taken in the early afternoon often uh, after the midday meal 
the best yeah. kind of that's nap. a siesta yes yes yeah. like a lot of the times in europe i believe they work from sometime in the morning to sometime right before lunch and then during the noon time it's their break and it's not uncommon to see workplaces enforce people to work like after 3 p.m or so for a few hours because that's when you're more productive because you've had that like midday break i think for me if i were to pick i would do uh i would actually rather work like 11 or noon to like six or seven something like that actually and, yeah and i i don't know because i i feel like when i wake up i just want to like do a quick workout kind of thing not like as soon as i wake up but like half an hour to an hour after, to an hour after I wake up, do a workout, and then I feel like, okay, I can do so much now. I agree. Because, like, I'll, that's that's exactly like my Saturdays. I'll wake up, I'll, like, walk tomorrow, I'll do some, like, very non-stimulating things, and then I'll go to the gym, and after that, I feel so good. It feels like I can do so much today. Or I wouldn't mind even, like, switching, like, three, three hours-ish to, like, just nighttime, mm. like, 9 p.m. I yeah, mean, like, when, later. when, when yeah. I was in school, my most productive times, I swear, were, like, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Exactly. Like, right? I was crazy productive. Like, I would do a whole week's worth of assignment during those, like, couple hours and during yeah. a weekend. It's because everything's quieter, too, right? Yeah. It's like nothing's yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, you just have headphones in. You're just yeah. blasting music, and you just go at it. Exactly. Like, I always remember so many good times where I'm just, like, by myself sitting, doing, like, solid modeling for, like, three hours just with headphones in at like the middle of the night and i was like oh that's your God, definition of a good time <laughs> i mean i i felt like it felt so good it felt like yeah it felt like i couldn't keep track of time because it wasn't a thought anymore yeah it was just oh, doing yeah because it doesn't exist at night because it doesn't matter the whole world's asleep all right anyways viv how was your week um bouncing off of your idea my week just felt like volleyball it was just full of volleyball like aside from work work was pretty normal this week I had volleyball on Monday. That was a very crazy game. It was yeah. very fucking exciting. Yes. It was fun. I swear, like, at one point, like, the entire gym was watching our game. Yeah, it was. And I felt so, so liberating. Not liberating, but I had the, like, biggest adrenaline rush. It felt so fun. Like, I actually felt like we were actually playing volleyball. And it wasn't, like, coming to just play a league game or something. It felt like we were, like, official teams and everyone came to watch us I, I definitely felt like i was in the zone like i actually didn't yeah. care who was watching it was just like me and my five teammates against these six people and that's all i could think of that time yeah it was so much fun holy shit and then unfortunately we lost to jorge's team Let's but go. on tuesday i had my women's game we ended up winning and it was really nice because this is actually my last game with this team and fortunately enough my setter set me the ball for the winning point and i got it and nice. we got the point and that felt so nice to end the season that way because i wasn't gonna i'm not coming back next season season winning point let's yes, go that felt so nice so we got that on wednesday it was the men's team yeah. that was playing and then i went to go watch because i knew that it was going to be like a crazy game and it was so they you know how you have to win by two yeah they had they kept going back and forth for win by two until they both hit until they were like 28 and 30. Oh, nice. It was so intense. Such good plays. And then everyone went to go. Oh, on Monday afterwards, we went to Moxie's to eat. That was pretty fun. We had a pretty shit server though. Oh. But on Wednesday, we I went with everyone to eat hot pot. That was a lot of fun. We ended up staying there until like 1130. And I was like, Dude, God your, your meal plans like fuck this week. I man. know. <laughs> completely fucked. But like, whatever. It's going to be fucked next week too, I guess. True. And then yesterday I also had a game and that was a lot of fucking fun. We yeah. had two subs because one of my teammates rolled his ankle last week and then the other one said he was going to be about an hour late. So we were like, yeah, we're just going to find you a sub. And 
surprisingly enough, the subs that we got, I felt like we had more synergy with these subs than our original team. Oh, like like skill level, they're about the same, but you just meshed well with these players. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and then it was it was so much fun, and we all went to a cactus club afterwards, and we ended up staying until like twelve thirty. Partying up on a week, <laughs> yeah, weekdays, hey. Cactus club's fun though. Sometimes. Yeah, cactus club's a lot during fun. Uh, happy hours. Happy hour truffle fries. And that's basically it. I hurt my knee somehow this week. Or I hurt my knee and my ankle. Oh, really? Like yesterday, I I lightly rolled my ankle. Like it's a little bit swollen right now, but nothing that I'm going to like take time off for yeah. or anything. And I kept playing right away. But I also hurt my knee somehow. And I don't know how, but it feels really weird now like it hurts whenever i extend it yeah. and it feels like if i ex- if i move it weirdly my like kneecap or some shit's gonna pop out so that's concerning but then i'm excited for this weekend i have two bridal showers and a birthday party that we're both going to i'm not tomorrow. going oh yeah no i have a different party going. oh really you're actually yeah. not going yeah i can't, yeah. I can't. looks well yeah tis that's, life. that's my week tis life well, cool. Um, we have a research topic this week, so that'll be pretty cool. So I think we try to do one once every month. I think we failed maybe once or twice in the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a good track record. But we've had, I think, I think we had one month where we had two research topics. So that kind of made up for a bit of it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, we have two. Is it this month that's two research? Uh, this comes out. No, this is gonna be no April. We didn't have one because this comes out. We record oh, this in April, right, but it doesn't right, come out right. until May. Um, so I think we missed it last month, but it's okay. We have one coming up now. Uh, Viv did some research for us, so I'll let her take it away, but, uh, looks good already. I see good PowerPoints with lots of text, less pictures. So it's always good to hear. I mean, there's no point for having pictures if no one's going to see know, it. No and you guys are just going to express your thoughts. Anyways. That's true. So the thing, not theory, the topic today is simulation theory, whether we're all living in a simulation or not. And this excites me so fucking much i felt like my brain was being so stimulated when i was doing all this research i was like holy shit i don't want to stop it i've never been this excited Wait, i got some so aluminum foil upstairs we should, <laughs> we should make some hats first yeah we'll make some hats and then we can get started next time you know all right first just off the bat i'm just gonna ask you guys what do you guys know about the simulation theory uh let's start with wave dude what do you know um, well, if I had to guess what it's about, I, I was thinking like, you know, it's maybe comes, maybe involves like the, uh, the idea that our perception of the world is like hard to kind of actually justify or rationalize that every, anyone else might be sharing that same experience. So like mm-hmm. one thing I've heard is like, you know, how, how do we know, like the, the raw form of description is like colors, right? And it's like, how do you know red is actually red? Because oh, we, yes. We only perceive a red to be a certain way in based on how our brain receives it from our eyeballs. Yeah. But I mean, um, how do I know that you guys are receiving it the exact same way? Yeah. Like, what if my red is different from your red? That'd be pretty intense. Yeah. But it's normalized to to ourselves because we've lived with it our whole life, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you could switch places with someone, would you get like a shock because everything may look different or it might look the same? We we don't know that, right? Because yeah. we've never it, it's, been through it's that. It's literally impossible to yeah. just like to actually prove that out too. Yeah. 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 It kind of also reminds me of last Wednesday theory. The yeah, that is that the Bernstein one? The Bernstein? Be- no, no, oh, that, that one is uh, <laughs> it's like one of those glitch in the matrix ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was the Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. Mandela effect. That's the one. What's the last Wednesday one? 
it's a theory that you can't prove that it's, it doesn't matter that it's Wednesday, but it's a theory that you can't prove that everything in history and everything that we know, all your memories and everything wasn't just created last Wednesday. Mm. Mm. That, that's also. Isn't yeah. it kind of like, OK, one of this weird theory I've, I've always had is like you mm-hmm. ever go through a near death experience, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're driving down, you like swerve a little and then Ooh. it could have diverged. You could have actually made it. Thinking. But then what if you actually got in a car crash and you're in a coma right now? I actually yes. recently watched a, a movie that was like on this topic. I don't know if you guys uh, heard about this shit. What's the what's the movie called? Uh, like it's something like everything, everywhere. Oh, that's 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 the yes, one. Yes, I just watched yeah, that. Viv, Viv was uh, me to last too. Saturday too. Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy movie, and it kind of like like it's the topic of multiverses and forks in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like little things can like cause like uh, ripple effects where you're just like some totally different person yeah. in a different like universe, right? What did you think of that movie? Uh, I mean, it was. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect going in, and uh, were it, you? It was good. It was. I, I I thought it was good, but like it it wasn't anything like what I expected. Were you stoned what when were you watched you it? Uh, or what did I you expected? I expected like a uh, casual comedy, but oh. it turned out to be a lot more complex, uh, and then a little bit like uh, touching at some points, and then other parts parts were a bit cr- corny, uh, but like I think it was still pretty good. Like I put a solid like seven out of ten on that. Mm. okay that's just me okay. though i don't know were you stoned though no <laughs> okay. okay i think just the checking. producers that wrote the movie seemed like they were definitely on fucking something because yeah. there was like a solid 10 minutes when you would just watch two rocks on the screen and there was just text there mm. saying what the rocks are thinking and then at some points in the movie i felt like crying or i definitely teared up and i could tell that my friends teared up too and at some points you're like what the fuck is going on yeah it was yeah. a mind bend for yeah sure. it was definitely a mind bender uh yeah. my thoughts on simulation theory uh, i have two of them one would be um it's like playing sims but like it actually got advanced enough where you created your own simulation like am i nice. my cognitive ability is that all just code right now uh that's one and the other one is westworld like, you ever watch westworld yeah, yeah. so very westworld. similar to that theory where it's like if some type of artificial ha- intelligence has become um or has transcended and has gained you know true consciousness and stuff then that's essentially you know like, what if I'm actually just a replication of an actual yeah. mm-hmm. robot or something like that, right? So, there's two. One of them is a bit more uh, digital in a virtual world, and one of them is more in a physical world. And that's that's my two thoughts on it of when someone says simulation theory of that. That's kind of what I come up with. Is that kind of like the idea that, you know, everything could actually be scripted, but you're just following the script? And even, like, as words pour <coughs> out of your brain, that's also just part of, like, what is kind of already programmed? uh not necessarily so i think of like what if the programs got so well where it's not scripted and it doesn't need to be scripted but there's this almost like meta consciousness in all of us that was that that is created by a very complex line of codes right lines of codes right and that's kind of how i was thinking of it as in like it's not technically planned but then it was created in a very deliberate way not 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 like God or anything like that, but like like codes and shit. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. I'm gonna touch on the subject again later, okay? All right, cool. Cool. All right. I'm ready. All right. Dead. So what is the simulation theory? Did I spell that wrong? The simulation hypothesis is a proposal regarding the nature of existence which posits that all existence is an artificial simulation made by some sort of supercomputer. And that is where we're going with this. Nice. Today. It's like uh that episode of um Black Mirror, the Juniper episode. You guys yes. remember that one? Yeah. Where like you're about to die and they upload your brain or something? Yes, exactly. Just like the Juniper episode. Now, 
Okay, I made a slideshow, and when I do this slideshow, I like type in a certain way. So if it sounds like I'm reading off a text, I am. <laughs> but it's my text, so. <laughs> All right, so we live in a vast universe on a small planet where billions of years ago, single-celled life forms evolved from the same elements as all non-living material around them. And these elements evolved into complex life forms. All living and inanimate objects, regardless of size, from nanoscopic to cosmic, are governed by mathematical laws and constants. And if the universe is governed by these laws, technically, couldn't a powerful enough computer simulate these laws flawlessly if you give enough time in the universe? Because technically, if you put all of the Earth's history on a calendar, there's a name for this calendar theory or some not calendar theory or something like all that. the what sorry that last part you said the entire history of the earth on a calendar if the beginning of the time if when earth was made was june 1st yeah all of recorded history all of recorded human history would be on the last day of december with 10 minutes to spare like on december 31st yeah December 31st at 11 I think it was 11 52 p.m that's when all of recorded human history would be you put the entire timeline of when the earth was created Uh onto the calendar then recorded human history would be just at December 31st at 11 52 p.m you're just using the calendar as like an analogy of how small human history is probably yeah. compared, uh, to, the whole universe. compared uh, to the whole okay, universe. Okay. So given that example, if the universe is so and so billion years old, then technically, and with the amount of space and the, how it's growing, technically there should be some something that has advanced well enough to be able to create these supercomputers to create a simulation, correct? Um, Don't you think? Don't you think? Well, very biased. This whole entire it, it thing might, is really it might very biased. It might ruin your guys. whole show, but like, isn't do you do you talk about the the great filter? What's, no, what is that? but you can talk about it. Okay, so I the, love this the great filter is um. Okay, just to put it simply, because I probably can't explain it as well as everyone else. So if there was another life form, it's the same thing. Why haven't we seen this other life form? So why haven't we seen these aliens yet, right? Where is everybody else? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then... um, Where are the aliens? Yeah, where are the aliens? Where are these other things? Because if what Viv said is there's so much more that has happened before us, where are they right now? And the, the, the theory of the Great Filter is that no organism even in the alien world has ever passed this great filter. So that means they've gotten to a certain point and they couldn't go beyond this point and they all go extinct. Like in terms of like uh like an extinct an existential like, event. Yeah, yeah. For example, like um like uh let, let, let me try to think. Okay, so let's say for some reason I can see the future and the future always ends like this. We go into a nuclear war and everyone dies. And in every other civilization, not on Earth, but everywhere else in this universe, that's the exact same result. And that 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 nuclear war is the great filter, for example. And no, and because the reason we haven't seen any other civilization is they also could not get through this filter, yeah. which ends all life, for example. Now, I'm just using a random scenario. It could be like a giant meteorite or something like that, right? But essentially, the theory of the great filter is that there's two things. It's either we're the first civilization to reach the great filter. Yeah. 
or no other civilization has reached the great filter and we will also hit the great filter and all die off and, and then like maybe like like billions of years later more like another life form comes up and and it's just another segment of like humanity I yeah guess. and then and then they'll also reach the great filter yeah. and they'll also die right so 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 that's the theory because like because there's so been so much time before us and because they haven't reached us and seen us the theory is that there's some type of great filter out there that just ends everything and we're either the first where i we're either the very first civilization so therefore we haven't reached a great filter yet or we're just another civilization that is going to reach the great filter and that's the great filter theory yeah it, it's not a bad so the one i've heard the most often uh in terms of like the alien like uh like where are the alien questions right yeah um have been like the idea that like you know li other life forms don't necessarily have to be in the same like uh like plain as like what we perceive and yes. and, 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 this, and it, this could explain things like spiritual spirituality and uh and um also just like schizophrenia and some like like mental illnesses where people are claiming they see things and shit like that um the idea is that like you know we we only perceive certain like like three three dimensions for the most part uh, and, and time is also a construct that we have, but but in the greater universe, we know for a fact that time isn't a construct for for all things, um, right. and and so the idea that aliens could exist in different like planes, it's, that's that's tends like that's the one that I feel like has even like a little bit of hinge of like science behind it even like mm. uh, from, from the idea that even the string theory was kind of proven out too right yeah. well it's it's almost like what you said at the very beginning where like. You can't see exactly what other people yeah. see, and what if like they perceive differently? Like like there's a there's this other thing with the universe. There's dark matter and stuff like yeah. that, right? So what if they live in a different universe that, like our physical senses cannot even see that, and it's the same the other way. Their physical senses cannot see what we are mm -hmm. either, right? So because when you think about the filter, it's like doesn't that kind of rely on thing uh, on a concept of time being like a construct across all like yes, but, yeah, yeah. But but we also know that you know it's not quite the case, right? Uh, the astronauts have kind of uh, aged differently uh, after go going out for like a certain period of time and coming back, right? Mm, but um, so I think the okay, I think one of the big things with the great filter is that um, one of the theorems is that life cannot sustain on a single planet. So we have to become yeah, a multi-planet civilization, mm -hmm. yeah. and like the great filter is how to become a multi-planet civilization. And then if we can't, then everyone just dies here, right? Yeah. So that's one of the potential or the possibilities of the great filter we just don't know what exactly will be the filtering point but that could be one of them right so possibly i don't know like that that was what i was thinking when you were talking that about that true. it's like the whole fermi paradox thing and this whole time when you guys were talking there were i remember reading up on like i think it was nine main points that people say are the possibilities as to why there's no we haven't found the aliens or yeah. One of them was the great filter and another one would be like there's just too much time and space. Yeah. And in between time and space, the coincidence, the coincidence that we'll actually come in contact with somebody else at the same time yeah. and have the same type of technology to be able to actually communicate and reach each other is very, very low. Yeah. That was another one that I remembered. Well, like, let's talk a little bit about alien before we advance. Okay. What you guys think. I think for That's sure there's know. aliens in my opinion. I just think there's too much out there. Like Earth there's too many scenarios sure. that there must be another similar, not identical, but similar scenario out there to create life form. Uh, I think it's very similar to what they're saying. Like considering the possibly billions of light years away they are, even if they do find a way to reach us, by the time they're to us, our civilization could be gone or their civilization could, 
civilization could be gone. Or technology could just be completely different and we just yeah. can't understand each other. True. Yeah. Or True. like maybe or, or the what you said, like the what Wave said, the the perception. Like they they might already be here, but they don't see us and we don't see them. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Because yeah. we only have a few senses and maybe they could have so much more. Ooh. Yeah. And see that theory kind of explains like spiritual like occurrences too, right? Yeah. That's exactly. Spooky. That's pretty spooky cool. Meal right now. That's paranormal activity right there. Like if you even research bugs, bugs can see different colors that we can't see, and it's so hard for us to even yeah. imagine a color that we don't even know. Yep. Yeah, that's so true. Like the the wavelength of what we see is actually so limited so, so compared limited. to the amount of limit uh, the amount of electromagnetic wavelength there is out there. Yeah, yeah, and there's also the idea that like as the years go by, science and technology advances, and we just learn more and more things. And there's some things that completely outrule old scientific statements that we used to believe in. Did you? I was also thinking, like, what if there's something that's un unlearnable? Like, what if there's some crazy, oh, yeah. like, uh, scientific thing? Like, the reason why we only have these amount of like Newton's law and all this stuff is because we can't go beyond that because our brains literally cannot compute like an extra dimension, right, or yeah. something yeah. like that. That'd be sick. No, I think it does exist too. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely does. I mean, exist. I think when you trip, that's that's where you go. You go into <laughs> God mode. You, Everyone you takes shrooms. It's life changing. <laughs> I mean, you don't go into different... You see another dimension, it feels like. It definitely does. Like, it's like, as simple as it is, if you take a 1D object or a 2D object, a 2D object would never be able to understand a 3D object. Yeah. yeah or if yeah, you're yeah. on a 3D plane, you would never understand 4D. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, I love this shit. Yeah, I think the uh, the other thing, too, is like... Uh, I It is a little bit absurd sometimes to think of aliens as like humanoid-type life forms. <clears throat> there could very well be like so small that we can't comprehend them like as small as be, like in between atoms for example right yeah and so like of course like we could never comprehend or c communicate to them because we can't reach that like le level of granularity or the opposite yeah we live in between atoms yeah. in their world yeah. in their yeah. universe it's kind of like you ever see those movies where they like they start really big out and they go in they yeah. go in and then they go into your atom and also when they reach the atom they're back to the very start yeah where it's they're like very fucking here's a who yeah yeah <laughs> well, futurama covers like the stuff sometimes and it's actually yeah. like like as funny as it is, it sometimes like makes you think a little bit Dude, about the older that. episodes were all like gold. Yeah. Like the newer ones suck, but all the older episodes, like the humor they put in, but with the amount of like research that they've done to create that humor, it was, it was like the most iconic episode was the Bender one, where Bender was like a god to this tiny little. Planet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. actually uh, that one was probably like most thought provoking. It was he was in space and yeah. he had a little civilization in his on his, yeah. in his stomach, right? He was there yeah. for like 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 eras right yeah, yeah yeah but like time perception is different to them too yeah yeah right so like a minute to us was like 10 like 100 years to them for example i've thought about this before like if you look at bugs in their lives some bugs only live for like two days and for us that's absolutely nothing but for them it's like their entire life yeah well you think the other way too some trees live for like thousands of years yeah. so like to them a year is nothing a year is literally a breath like if you yeah. think about it a year is literally a breath they breathe in during the oh, summer yes, and yes. they breathe out during the yeah. winter so they're literally just breathing like normal while we're like living our lives <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when you think about that then it's like yeah then there's no doubt that yes maybe or probably aliens exist but like their their time spans are just they're just on totally different like yeah. time uh, than we are right? well isn't it crazy like okay here's here's another crazy thought-provoking thing what if the sun is also in a breath right now right so they're in either like the sun is an inhale or an exhale but as soon as it exhales everything dies yeah 
Like, yeah. like, could you imagine? But like, the time span between inhale and exhale might be just enough for us to actually grow to like become a civilization. Yeah. Like that'd that's, be that's that'd very be, feasible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then like that means that for for like four breaths, you have like four entire humanities. Yeah. Uh, f- like starting from like Caesar all the way, or like Jesus before Christ, yeah. all the way to like you know, uh, cyberpunk. and then then, like suddenly it's all gone right it's all gone like completely gone like it's so much energy in that that it just makes everything go away i'd argue that's probably the most feasible like theory um, of the great filter type of thing yeah yeah Yeah. versus versus because because it includes like the concepts of time and how that could actually be a thing yeah yeah have you guys ever read into octopi and how their dna is significantly different from any other animal on this planet it's constructed slightly differently and they have hundreds of different proteins that are completely different from any other animal on earth some people say maybe octopus could be aliens i mean i see it they look completely different and i feel like so many aliens are like the construct of artists drawing aliens almost always look like an octopus head like a big head a big head and a slender body yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but like not even that like even in like other shows i feel like they've always had a construct of larger heads bigger brains and then very small bodies i've actually looked into that and it's actually also because of human evolution like over time our eyes are getting bigger our cranial size is getting bigger and then there's different parts like our nose and everything is getting smaller because we just don't need it and it's like how in the breathing podcast you mentioned that our jaws are getting smaller and that's also why that's too logical here's here's my thoughts on that someone got really fucking high (laughs) and they went to the other dimension and saw what an alien looked like and they just drew it (laughs) oh that also brings up the point do you guys think astral projections real no no but i know you've you've talked about that do you know what astral protection is wave like like out of body experiences right in some some cases it's like manipulative in the sense that people can actually force it yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i don't I, like, I don't like I, just because I've never tried. Like, yeah, I, I've had um like was it sleep paralysis? But that's the furthest. Well, I, I do believe in, like I know lucid dreaming is a very real concept, and I yeah, and, and yeah. it's re- related to sleep paralysis. But yeah. but astral projection is a bit of a reach. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of stories around it though. So like I probably put it in the same category as like people who are mediums, for example, wait, or have like a spiritual like type of uh, experiences. So similar to that ast- astral projection point that we talked about. Uh, have you guys ever dreamed in third person? Third person? Yeah. Like you're just watching? Yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, me too. Like you watch like, you watch but not like completely above. You're like, you're, like watching yourself do things, Yeah, you're right? like right next to yourself while it's doing something. Okay. Like it's like you're playing a video game that's third person. Yeah, I mean that, that could be a category of astral projection, yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. I know lucid dreaming was an interesting one for me because like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I always found that I learned the most in lectures when I'm like falling like half asleep almost. And it was the, the weirdest concept because it's like I felt like I retained like uh, more of the <coughs> sorry, more of the abstract concepts that I'm learning in like sitting at econ class falling half asleep. How mm. often um, do you fall asleep in class that you were able to make this? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and so then I thought about that and I, I think the logic uh, there's some research done on this uh, around like lucid dreaming and being able to like comprehend concepts and learn while you're dreaming uh so technically you're able to kind of sit there and actually active actively kind of uh study learn concepts uh while you're actually asleep and 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 that was the concept of lucid dreaming and how powerful it technically could be um and kind of reminds me of that dr strange uh you know scene where he's actually like studying his magic in if you ever watched dr strange yeah, yeah. the, the and, first one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, actually yeah. studying the entire thing while he's like sleeping right yeah, yeah. oh um, that's true that's true i mean that that's 
so I did a podcast on sleep and that's exactly what we talked about deep sleep. Deep sleep is like where yeah. you actually take in and you put it into long-term memory. When you get into that state, you actually learn things Yeah, and, and you get better at things as you sleep. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then like add lucid dreaming uh, to that and being able to have some form of like control or consciousness around like your sleep, then it, I mean, I could see it being like a powerful thing, but whether it's actually feasible or not, I'm not totally sure yet. I'm definitely excited because I feel like as technology and research goes on to studying the brain and neurology and stuff like that, that's where we start to touch all these subjects and all these theories that we just talked about. And it could be the gap that, or it could be the bridge that gaps religion and science and like paranormal world. Wait, hold up. So last thought on the great filter. Okay. What if, what if, <laughs> Wait, what, if what if I have a last thought after that? Oh, okay. Then you, then you can have a last thought. Okay, what if the great filter has always been there because it's a, such a physical concept? What if for us to get to a ne- next level, it's oh, a shit, mental thing rather than a physical thing? Be- yeah, beings. yeah. Like, like what if the next state is not a physical being, mm. but like, uh, like you know what I mean? Like, there's something else beyond this, the and it's a mental is state. Shrooms. I like. I heard that too. Actually, yeah. I was just gonna talk about that one. Cause uh, the idea was that my- talk just, just yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was, I was gonna say like, yeah, mushrooms. Uh, were supposed to be some superior life form, right? Is that kind yeah, of like yeah. what you're about to say? Yeah. Yeah, I heard the same thing about, and this is gonna sound really weird, but I heard the same thing about two two other life forms, and the idea that all life forms converge to these like two things, and it's crabs and trees. And it's the weirdest thing I know, but like the idea. Okay, this was not where I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I mean, being like, evolution, evolution of the of of uh, all all life forms is supposed to apparently, and like we'll have to kind of dig into this in a different like to- uh, session maybe because it's probably off topic here. But uh, apparently, trees are probably My the most superior on life form right now. Uh, on the entire planet. I mean, it literally, is like attached to the ground. Yeah. It has, like uh, the root systems are like abs- absurdly complex, right? Yeah. Uh, and then crabs, of course, as, as well as being like probably the most. Uh, sustainable life form uh just probably because of the physical component of their shells i guess right but i'll have to kind of dig more into that and maybe we can talk about this also Wait, but podcast, i'm curious but why crabs though i still you, don't get it you can look it up um but mm. crabs and trees and mushrooms of course like fungi are supposed to be well fungi it's like uh, like okay this is just again we're fake news guys this isn't fact uh i just heard it's like for example like one mushroom colony could be like the size of an entire state like as in like the amount of land it covers is so interconnected where people don't even see how far it connects that's that's pretty crazy of a of a life form right it's like one life form but it's huge because it's all interconnected across the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that that one that that, that's the reason why i heard about like the the fungi for sure Yeah, yeah yeah Uh, there was a whole like planet earth uh segment on it and i don't know why i watch these sometimes but like the fungi segment was crazy who's that guy who's that guy who speaks on planet earth george edinburgh is is his name i don't remember dude his his voice is so it's like if you guys look on a uh, microscopic level to a cosmic level like brain cells look the same as the stars in the universe your dna looks like double helix nebulas your eye looks like a circular nebula or there's or like how there is the um like you're saying like the similarities between us and stuff you see in the universe i mean yeah. the helix nebula looks like a titty too oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just like i guess maybe that's a bit of a reach yeah I, I did find an article on the golden crab. ratio and how it shows up everywhere oh things are so fucking cool i mean 
I actually haven't looked much into good ratio, but I always thought like, is it just something so pleasing to our eyes that <clears throat> it shows up everywhere because we like created and designed that because it's so pleasant to our eyes? Like we keep creating and designing to the golden ratio you mean because because we try to sense out patterns. Yeah, yeah. Like like we see this pattern that's so nice that we keep trying to replicate. So like in terms of stuff we've built, yes, and then in terms of nature, we like replicate what the nature looks like because it looks so beautiful. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of what I. But thought what if it's like show. mathematically always appears in different things <clears> in <throat> that we find in nature, like in shells or in leaves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure about the science too, but I or always in thought like, like sunflowers. <clears throat> I always thought like we always tended to those things because it looked nice, and then we mm. replicate those nice things without knowing that we're using a specific ratio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we've always used that ratio, but like subconsciously we've had that number or that ratio yeah. and thought when we were designing too because these things are so like beautiful right? yeah, yeah. You like to find i patterns. think nikola tesla was supposed to be really obsessive with the numbers of three year apparently uh and he considered that to be like and he used it in everything and he like groups of three like three yeah, six nine yeah like three six nine <laughs> yeah. or just threes in general and uh, i saw that it might have something to do with like i also <laughs> saw something ratio. the other day that was like Elon Musk bought Tesla, not Tesla. Elon Musk bought Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. Billion, yeah, billion. forty-four billion dollars, and he spent four months to do it, and he bought it on April fourth or something like that. Like it was a oh, whole bunch of fours, I mean, and they're like, "Oh my I think god!" Sometimes, I think sometimes people use these coincidences reaches. That was here. definitely <laughs> like I'm trying to pretty sure he wanted to buy it as soon as he could, but this is the earliest he could do it. But anyways, back to the simulation theory. So there's this guy named Nick Bostrom. He is an Ox Oxford philosopher who advanced the argument that we're likely living in a simulation. He hypothesized, uh, he hypothesized that at least one of three possibilities is true. The first one is all human-like civilizations in the universe go extinct before they develop the technological technological capacity to create simulated realities. That's that's pretty like much that's, like one of the great filters. Yeah, 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 very yeah. similar to what you were saying. And the second one is if any civilizations do reach the phase of techno technological maturity, none of them will bother to bother to run simulations. I, I, I don't I don't understand that part. Basically it's it wouldn't interest them because they're onto different things. Perhaps sentient be beings that Focus more on meditation or something. I mean, shit. tons of people who play Sims, so I don't see why people won't run these simulations. That's what I'm saying. But the one that he believes is the most probable is that advanced advanced civilizations would have the ability to create many, many simulations, and that means that there are far more simulated worlds than non-simulated ones. That I believe. Like, you ever see that Rick and Morty episode where he plays that game? Where Morty plays a game? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, dude, that that's such a scary game, but I can see that being, like, a potential future game, right? For sure. And, like, what if I'm in that game right now and I'm just scoring so low right now? <laughs> All right, so he's, as I was saying, he thinks that the last one is the most probable one. And this was also supported by a guy named Rizwan Verk. He's a computer scientist and a video game designer who published a book called The Simulation Hypothesis. And this explores Bostrom's argument in more detail and it traces the path from today's technology to what he calls the simulation point. And this is the moment at which we can realistically build a matrix light simulation. 
So I guess he assumes that there's going to be a lot of simulation. Like to the point we get technology to create simulations, there's probably going to be so many different simulations that we may or may not be in one of them. Like simulations within simulations to infinity. Because each simulation ends up creating, like evolving to create their own simulation. It's kind of like uh, you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah. The the tiny world and then the the tinier world (laughs) to create the energy. Yeah. But like, I definitely see if we do get to the point where technology can actually create these simulations, I don't see why people won't. Because what I would yeah. do is I would put myself in that simulation with all my cognitive abilities and pick different diversion paths and then see what is the best choice, right? In terms of if Ooh. I was in that simulation. Right? Yeah, the, the, I think the issue comes when we start to try and like uh, think about whether we're one of those <laughs> simulations. And yes. Then, and, then, and then it kind of defeats your... It can, can become a very depressing like... Yeah, like thought yes. process, right? Everyone starts killing themselves after they find well, out. Well, it's like, <laughs> does anything matter if we're just a simulation that is like one branch that a, a greater being out, like created already? Exactly like the episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a tiny universe. So there are two thoughts that kind of stemmed from this one, from my own thoughts, I'm going to say, is that when he talks about the fact that there could be far more simulated worlds than non-simulated ones. That kind of hints at the fact that there could be one or a few worlds that aren't simulated, that are just real amongst a whole bunch of simulated ones. And we could be the real one or we could be the fake one. We don't know. You don't know who's the clone, right? Exactly. Like when you make the clone, who knows? Like, you know you're not the clone, but the clone's also thinking they're not the clone. Exactly. It's kind of like the Westworld thing, but in... I don't know simulation theory. Fuck! I get, when's the next season of Westworld? I'm just <laughs> so excited. If whenever it, it comes took out. me so long to actually finish the third season of Westworld because I felt like it was just what's the, being what's, dragged out a little bit. I thought the second season was dragged out, not the third. What was it? The second? It, it got okay, really maybe crazy. it was the second one. Like the, they kind of went fully off the the the, the third when it yeah. when left the actual yeah Westworld. yeah. So third season was when it went totally wild. Like they weren't in there anymore. And the first season was them getting to the point where they first find out that. season was insane. I think I watched shit. the first yeah. season in one day. Yeah, but the the se- the second season was a bit drawn out. Like it was some there's some cool parts, but it was a bit drawn out. But then like near the end of the second, you like get really hyped up. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. the third was just like everything blown up. Was the second one the one where they had the Japanese? Like, yes, world? yes, that yeah, really cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was cool because they show that in the future there could be all these different possibilities. Like you could have a ja- Japan like, like a, uh, yeah, East world, yeah. e- Southeast oh, yeah, Asian yeah. world and like a West <laughs> world and like. Can you imagine just a miserable one, like a North world? It's just cold. <laughs> Why'd I pay for this shit? Yeah. No, that's like their their version of prison in the future. <laughs> put them in there. Yeah. I've been seeing these TikToks of this guy who does these like random scenarios. And he would pretend like he was somebody from the future. And he'd be like, oh, or he's a time traveler. And he'd be like, what year is it? And then the guy would be like, it's... 2100 and he'll be like oh where are you from and he'll be like i'm from i'm from russia like which part of russia and he's like oh no i'm from canada and he's like everyone's from russia what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean i always joke to my friends when we're like we're back when we play a lot more games and we're like headsets together and then i just like slowly go in the mic and be like wake up wake up wake up wake up up. you're asleep you've been asleep for five years it's all a game you're just dreaming and then I feel like this theory also touches on like different dimensions. So like if there's a whole bunch of simulated worlds and non-simulated worlds, then technically doesn't that touch into the idea that there's a whole bunch of different like dimensions, a whole bunch of different realities? 
Ah, uh, yeah, different dimensions would be that'd be pretty sick. I like, I don't, yeah, I guess it does, right? Like, I think what we're always thinking of a dimension is like a three D space, but like, what if it's a uh, like a different virtual space as a different dimension too, right? Oh like, God, what if we're so on a virtual space right now, but there's another virtual space that's technically our multiverse? Like, there's another yeah. universe just like us, right? Or there could be, like, if you think of it as bubbles, we could be, like, a huge bubble amongst bubbles, and there could be a whole bunch of smaller bubbles inside our bubble. Mm, true. Freaking insane. All right, so going back to Rizran Verk and his theory about simulation points, he lists that there are around 10 to 11. 11 would be the simulation point, but there are about 10 different levels to this that will of technology for us to get to the simulation point where we would be able to prove or we'd be actually in a simulation. We'd be at that point. And the first one, the first stage, which is zero, would be games that only curate text to the screen for a story like gameplay experience. Basically like say yes or no if you want to go left. Mm. Oh, look at that. You've encountered a bear. Would you like to hit the bear or run away and then you just press yes or no like it's all text that that reminds me of that um you ever watched that netflix show on that uh it was a black mirror episode but it's like you get to choose the options oh is it black mirror i don't know do you, do you guys kind of remember it's like choose the options for... for like how the show will continue oh yeah it was, oh, black, it was a black mirror yeah, but then, a special edition yeah but the the story started that the guy was very interested in this text-based game where you like oh, choose yeah. per text and then it'll give you to another part of the adventure yeah and choose your own his, adventure yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. even the books were actually really good like do you remember reading choose your own adventure books no Oh, okay. Did you oh, actually yes. like? So, how would that work? Let's say, like, turn to this yeah, page. Turn, turn to pay, page 16, and then turn to page 42, depending I on what remember, you do. I remember when I was watching that episode, I was like, this is kind of like like Captain Underpants, though. Turn to this page. <laughs> yeah. And then flip back and forth. I flip mean, that's forth. the most attractive it got for <laughs> but me. But that's too. the most simple version yeah. that I could relate to. No, I used to love the Truth Your Own Adventure books. They're, those were actually like. I, I would often like die like really early on though, <laughs> but because uh, uh, there's always like, there's, there's like a short fork and then there's always like these long forks. In yeah, the yeah, books, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when I watched that show, I kept going back. I'd refresh everything yeah. and go back and you try every paths. Yeah, 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 you try every. I mean, that's it's actually we, a little bit disappointing. They don't have that many paths as yeah, you think yeah. they would. I think it was only like two or three that you could actually go on. There's like there were some subtle like, Easter egg ones, but like like where like the same you end up on the same path, but there's like a tiny little bend. Yeah, and so yeah, those yeah. ones like you had to take a little while to find, but and it was just yeah. like one short scene. Yeah, yeah, that I, made it different. I also feel like if you were to choose something like as a viewer, we would choose something wild, right? Because we want to see something wild. Yeah. But like if you were actually in the scenario, you would probably choose the same path as how the story goes. If yeah. you're like in that a same mind state, type of mind. yeah, yeah, yeah of exactly. Like, whereas we're just watching, yeah, we won't take the conservative. We'll always be like, yeah, let's go, you know, like, kill that gorilla or something Jump like off that. the balcony. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 All right. So, in these stages, the first, the zero stage, as I said, was, like, text adventures. This was in around 1970s to 1980s. The next stage would be the first stage. This is, like, graf- graphical arcade games. And this is games like Pong or Break Breaker or this would eventually turn into Pac-Man. Like very, very simple 2D flat games. And this still occurred around the 1970s to 1980s. Now the second stage is graphical RPG games. And this is kind of where I guess all our childhoods 
mostly started. Yeah, in terms I think of games. we weren't in the generation of Pong, but definitely like Super Mario World and stuff like that. Yeah. So this was in like 1990s-ish, and this was more graphical 8-bit, 16-bit RPG games such as Mario Party or Super Mario World or Legend of Zelda. And when I found out Legend of Zelda was on this list, I was like, damn. I mean, I, I was still there from the beginning. would like <laughs> technically graphically like Stardew Valley's some oh, of the yeah, old school ones. And I Valley. fucking love that game. So love Stardew Valley. I can't wait till they have the next one. Do you guys ever hear that the chocolate one? Chocolate mm-hmm. version of Stardew Valley. The same guy's making another one, but like a different mm-hmm. concept, but very similar still. Oh, shit. Okay. Now the third stage is 3D rendered MMO RPGs. So multi. I don't remember how the, what this stands for. Online gaming. Oh, MMORPG. Yeah. Mass multi massive multiplayer online, online role playing games. Yeah. Yeah. And virtual worlds. This was around nineteen nineties to two thousands, and this, in this included Maple Story. Yeah, games like Maple yeah. Story. Ragnarok Online for all the fans out there. Let's go <laughs> Ragnarok Online. Yeah, things like that. There was another one, RuneScape. RuneScape. There you go. RuneScape. Yeah. Those fucking lobsters and stuff. I think that was one of the things you did a lot. Catch yeah. lobsters. And then the first stage would be immersive virtual reality. And this is kind of 2010 to 2020s. And this one included with stage five would be photorealistic augmented and mixed reality. And this is kind of where we are right now. We're around stage five. What's uh What's XR? On average. XR is experience games. Like, so it's more like like AR and VR. AR is augmented yeah. reality. VR is virtual reality. XR is experience reality. So it's more like if you go to a movie theater, it's the difference between 4D and 3D where you actually like feel it. Oh. So you'll have more things like wind, omnidirectional, yeah, treadmills. Are being used. Wait, yeah, here's, here's, here's something involved. wild then. Would XR be like a time escape game? Like not time, sorry, like a escape room game. Not necessarily, because it needs to. Mm. I, I guess in the I future guess, they can make something. Yeah, similar. I guess yeah. if they use like, like smell and stuff. Yeah, but but also like applying some form of like technology. Yeah, like, digital yeah, yeah, like experience yeah, too. Okay, right. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And this is kind of where we are right now in terms of our technology. Where, but we do obviously, as you're gonna hear the next stages, we do have our foot in the door in some of the other technologies. Wait. So before we move on, what's you guys' experience with AR VR so far? Um, I have. Played a, f- a few VR games. So, like, what's it called? Beat Saber? Beat Saber, yeah. Beat Saber, or on the Oculus, there's Slenderman. Oh, you, Slenderman? you play Slenderman? Is that a scary like, game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Is, is it then, just like a for fun thing that you do casually? Yeah, I really like horror, horror things. <laughs> or like escape room stuff. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. me and Wave was talking about this before we started, but we're like, I, I like I recently went to my friend's house and started like this is my first experience with it, mm-hmm. and it's so addictive and fun. And we were talking about the uh, it's called Thrill of the Fight, right? Yeah, it's like it's a boxing game, and it's crazy. Like I I got so into it, like I couldn't stop playing. It was so fun. The immersion yeah. is really intense because yeah. it's like you actually will you'll feel the vibrations with a little bit of haptic feedback, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. and and the punches actually register, and uh, and you're actually there like using your own stamina in real life. And that's your stamina in the game. Cool. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it's actually a pretty well, amazing How do they game. know how much stamina you have? That's your, no, it's your stamina. It's, it's your literally body. when you get tired and yeah. you drop your hands and you get punched, you get yeah. knocked out. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, like, your arms, like, 
people don't think about it, but when you put your arms like near where your your head is for three minutes straight it gets really tiring like it doesn't sound yeah. like a tiring action yeah. but if you're actually doing that it actually gets tiring your punches your get weaker over time and that yeah. registers because then you won't be hitting yeah. as hard in the game yeah because oh, like the so speed cool. the speed starts going down and that's what they register too yeah Aww. so it, it gets really addictive we were just saying like that's uh, like an amazing workout yeah i think it's really fun like vr and ar games but i i think i have a higher expectation out of these things because it seems like it should be really immersive but then at the same time you still know that you're in a room you still know that you're holding a controller you can still feel the like oculus thing on your head you still can feel like the straps and like I, I mean, you. you know you're still limited it's it's also kind of like oh so i could only get so immersed into but, it but i feel like that's a little subjective right so like some people you, get you know. the thrill of a roller coaster a lot more than other people right like some oh, people yeah. are just like oh yeah this is just whatever right like for them that physical feedback they don't feel as much right but whereas like for others maybe that like visual and audio feedback like is more heightened for them so then when they get something like that it feels so much more real than other people too yeah, oh, yeah. i've spent like uh at least like a couple months now um just kind of navigating something called vr chat uh and um i speaking to people just like socially uh the experience are actually it's a wide ver of it's a wide spectrum of people who like myself i don't really feel much it feels just like a console game and i don't mm -hmm. get that immersion mm -hmm. but on the other side of the spectrum there's people who claim that if you kind of like like touch them in in vr like if i stick my arm through like their chest they'll feel like like wildly uncomfortable because it feels like you're like you know it's pushing like them. The or like, yeah, well, it's phantom sense. That's what oh, they're, yeah, yeah. they're referring to. Um, and I guess it kind of when you think about it, the same thing applies in real life. When you get your, if you were to get your arm chopped off, uh, you know, oh, like yeah. people feel the like their arms still effect. there. Yeah. So imagine like you know in VR where your arms are, are not necessarily like like your virtual. You have virtual arms on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when someone like kind of touches your hand in VR. Did, is there do you feel like a heart rate like increase does that does that occur to you that's the type of phantom sense that, that exists in vr right this reminds me of ready player one and how they have the suit and how that guy had to get that suit in order to feel yeah like the punches on his chest and the pain and everything yeah. that's definitely something that's like i, I heard i also heard uh rumors that on vr chat you can like learn languages like not just sign language but like actual language yeah. because like hearing other people speak it not just a computer speaking to you helps a lot and like that helps you learn faster well that's awesome there's huge social communities around just like different languages yeah and yeah like it, I, I mean we all know that like speaking a language socially is like the fastest way to learn it right yeah so like the japanese community for example in vr chat is like huge and uh, there's a lot of people who aren't japanese who it's learn japanese good. just from being a part of the game well that's awesome and weebs yeah <laughs> <laughs> So the sixth level, the sixth stage of technology would be real world rendering. And this is where they use light fields and 3D printing. Now, I've never watched, I think it was Star Wars that in my research they were referencing to. Apparently this happens a lot in Star Wars, but I've never watched it. So I didn't put it as an example. This would be where the experiences are, the experiences of AR, VR and XR are replicated, but without the gear. And this is where the light fields and mixed reality would come in. It's almost like uh, you ever see uh, like a cartoon, like say like a Justice League cartoon, they have a training center, like a simulation training center, and they're mm. like fighting these robots, but they look like humans and stuff. Like they'll project like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But then it's like just robots <laughs> like physically. That's, that's kind of how I think of it. Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of overlaps with like hologram technology. Yes, I was just going to say that hol hologram technology would be in this space. 
Yeah, to be fair, like, you know, I think it was almost like 10 years ago now, Tupac without Coachella. No. <laughs> and like hologram Tupac, right? I think it's pretty cool that there's some supercars that have holograms instead of a dashboard now. Oh, really? Like a Coenseg has it. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah, so that would be around the 2020s. How do you say it? 2020s. And then the seventh stage to eighth stage are mixed interfaces and implanted memories, which I thought was really interesting and interesting. And we're not exactly there for the implanted memories part, but we are in the beginning stages. And for the mixed interfaces part, we are further along than the mixed than the implanted memories part. So this is where we bypass the physical technology of AR, VR, XR, and we have the experience be directly implanted into your brains, like Neo in the Matrix, where he wakes up and he thinks everything is real and he has to take the pills. No, it's like also in the Matrix where he like downloads Kung Fu into his brain. Yeah, yeah. also like that. And then there are two companies right now that are trying to make this possible. And one you've probably heard of, which is Neuralink by Elon Musk is opening. And the other one is Neurable. I think I think I've talked about something very similar to like this simulation point where I was like saying like, at some point, there's so much to learn. Like that means your starting point to get to like uh, expert level becomes wider and wider because what becomes common knowledge becomes lower and lower. That at some point, it's either our brains get better of learning something, or there's some AI assisted oh, yeah. learning where things you just you just that. like retain things faster. And I've always thought like that had to be a way. Like, like right, it yeah. took me x amount of years to learn all the math i needed to do engineering work right yeah and like it's only getting harder like it's only getting more advanced so the only way that the younger generation can keep up is that they'll have to have some type of assistance to get to that learning point yeah, oh, yeah and like sure. the assistance right now but between me and them is i had to use books now they're using technology like ipads and stuff to learn but there must be something else in the future too right like, could you imagine if you, we had, like, a VR learning center where you, you have, like, mechanics, like, go under these VR cars that aren't, like, those real exist. cars? Yeah, right. those are and, actually a thing. Or, like, or like they're working on some type of technology that you can't, like, it's not commonly found, like, something a bit more difficult yeah. in, like, an industrial setting, but yeah. you're, like, in a city. So, like, like for example, there's these equipment in Fort Mac, but in Edmonton Nate Center, you have these VR sets where you're working on these, like, heavy-duty equipment that just doesn't exist here. Yeah. Or you can even hypothesize that they could be working on something that we can't physically construct at the moment, but in theory, we can. Mm, yes, and yes. And you can so then, further develop that in the meta space. That's, yeah. that's actually a really cool real thought, life. because what you do is you design something... And then you put it into a virtual space and you tell That's a mechanic, it. go fix this thing. And if they go in and they say, I physically can't because of these restraints, then they can fix their design based on their feedback. Yes. Without actually having to test like physical like, products. Like, yeah, without having to make a physical yeah, and prototype. You, you won't be limited by all those failures with your physical prototype because as long as you have it virtually, then you can manipulate it however much you want, how many times you want without yeah. having the repercussions of it being physical. Yeah. Dude, this, this goes back to my whole... Um, 3d audio because like to get to this point you need 3d audio recording mm -hmm. right. spatial audio yeah so where it's like you know how 3d video recording it's like that whole google Audio, thing yeah. and you just goes around you can get a 3d image or something right but same for like audio like something sounds different from the front than the back oh, yeah. it's not just a point source uh not point source sound going away it's more of like 
different directional from that point source. Yeah, you can simulate that like statically. Like if you know that it should be from behind you, you'll just program it to be behind you. Yeah, but you're probably talking about like dynamic like recording of 3D audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. That because be because like like really the, hard. the yeah. wavelength of something coming in front and behind could be potentially different. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that could change a lot of how we view the virtual world. Right. Damn, that's sick. Maybe I have a good idea. Maybe I have a shit idea. I think it's pretty sick. And then to top off on the seventh and eighth stages of the mind interfaces and implanted memories, there were a team of researchers from the University of Washington and Carnegie Mellon. Mellon? How do you pronounce that? Malone? Carnegie Malone. (laughs) (laughs) And they were able to use skull caps and brain waves to send information about how to move a Tetris piece between three players. And two of them could see the screen and one of them couldn't. And this was effectively an electronic form of telepathy. Telepathy. I actually went to a conference, I think, three years ago. And they actually spoke about these things. Like, they can actually pick up so much information just from the waves already that they can, like, almost know what you're dreaming about. Like, they they won't see all the details, but if you're dreaming about it, like, if they record a bunch of stuff, create a dictionary for you, and then they record your waves while you're dreaming they'll know you're dreaming about like an elephant or something like yeah, that like, it feels like wildly invasive yeah it, oh yeah well because like, the, so at the whole conference they're talking about uh, security because yeah. if you could start dreaming about numbers and you could start thinking about numbers like your passwords and your like yeah so then so then hidden desires it would almost be like inception oh, like they'll like sus there. <laughs> it, it'll be very similar to inception where they'll be like They'll find a way to make you think about your password and yeah. then they'll record your brainwave and then they'll also record your dictionary of passwords and then all of a sudden be like, I I know exactly what his pin number is. Yeah. Exactly. It is, it is like an inception where they're like, it's like spies, like espionage, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your that's, brain. That's like the second point I was going to make. Oh, so shit, from, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> We're getting it's fine. ahead of ourselves. From 2011 to 20 and 2016, there's researchers from Berkeley that were able to reconstruct low-res versions of what the participants were watching and they were showing the movie trailers by measuring their brain activities and they were able to recreate this and put this on a screen to show the researchers what the participants were actually watching within a low-res thing just like your dreams that you were mentioning wait here's a here's a weird weird thing i know about from like some weird stuff i've watched before did you know i think almost 20 years ago they help people um see like blind people see by using the sensors on their tongue you guys know about that? How would it's, that even work? Like they, I, I don't know, but they can translate that to like, ah, fuck it. I, I have to search it up. Okay, to, to, do a quick to, search. Like visual, like how how you get visual stimuli onto your tongue and then into your brain? Okay. I'm going to guess that it just sends certain neural pathways to your brain, and then it yeah, yeah. different. So like you synapses. wear a glasses, and that glasses oh, transfer okay. stuff to your tongue, yeah. and your tongue gives that visual yeah, yeah. feedback to your to your brain, yeah. so you see something. That, that actually can make cool. sense because it's like, but that's so crazy how like it's connected, right? Like, yeah. you can well, I imagine all senses like they they follow similar neural pathways to the brain, right? Yeah, so you just have to tap into what that pathway yeah. is. But like this was developed like a long time ago. Like, Can you guys imagine as a general like mass, like us as regular people, we probably don't have like, access to all this knowledge and yeah. technology that I guess the more 
rich and powerful people do like there's probably yeah. so much more like, advancements in technology that we don't know of like this like these things may seem like they're at their beginning stages yeah. but if you're higher up in power or technology oh, it or, might be like simple they shit. might already yeah. be common yeah but like, they're just not mass produced so, so like, or let known to the masses this tongue thing was i think started in like 2005 like almost yeah. 20 years ago which is crazy because like when I learned about it, it was like already like 2015 or something. I was like, this was te- a decade ago. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why it seemingly moves like slow, because I mean, if this is in 05, you, you think like the innovation must be like immense by now. Right. Yeah. But it's like also funding, right? Yeah. Plus, when you play with the human body like that, too, it's yeah, funding is a huge thing. And then the idea that like all this stuff has to be like well studied because I probably wouldn't want to be the first guy to like use my tongue as like a neural, a neural right. like pathway. Your vision. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, who knows the repercussions down the road uh, when, when you're just trying to like, like, let's say you're just making out with somebody and you start like, your brain starts just kind of like you know, freaking an out elephant. or it's, looking down her throat. You it's know? like, um, oh, fuck, I keep referencing back, but that Black Mirror episode where he goes to that VR world yeah. and then he like dies. You, do you remember that? The giant spiders in the VR yeah, yeah. world? The, the haunted house one, right? <clears throat> yeah, he's like he's game testing. He's yeah, game yeah. testing oh, VR yes. headset. That and then one he, was like, so he dies crazy. in like a minute, but he went through all these scenarios yeah. and shit. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like playing with that is is a little bit like risky, but then that probably explains like the length of time it probably takes for this stuff to actually come into like mainstream production. Yeah, I mean who's testing Neuralink? Hey, I, I I don't want to be the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like when you're part. at that level where you have the power and money like Elon Musk, I was just I'm sure you can buy a bunch of if you think of it this way yeah like this is not not really a humane way of thinking it but if you think about it there's probably a lot of people that are willing to be tested Mm. well i mean for the the sake of humanity and technology you know so like i I remember a story about um a research lab in america who's doing a genetic uh testing right um they're it's basically like genome sequencing, uh, but it got to the point where they needed to test it on humans. And so they couldn't pr- uh, perform the research here in America. So what they did, is they, went, they moved to China where the ethical laws are a little mm. bit like oh, yeah. relaxed. And then they actually were able to continue the research there. So it kind of makes you think like, you know, um, this stuff could be happening in different parts of the world, uh, but some places just may not allow it right now. So America mm-hmm. actually might be behind on that uh, because mm-hmm. of the ethics around it. Um, America is definitely behind on a lot of things, but I know that CRISPR had to do this too. I don't know if that's what you're referencing, but CRISPR had to do this where they couldn't test out their case studies on people and genes in America. So they went to Asia to do it. And then in Asia, there are a lot of people that are willing to pay top dollar in order to have their genes manufactured for their babies. And this is like actually an ongoing thing now. Like it's very common now. I'd love to have a LeBron James kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I guess like the, the idealistic um, scenario is you use it to kind of remove like diabetes or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these, <laughs> but then of uh, course, every humans, they're going to get designer babies. Yeah, they're going to get but, designer but babies. But yeah. you also don't know what, if that, what, like what if that same sequence gives you your pinky? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they don't, they don't have it all figured mm-hmm. out to the, to the dot yet. Right. So there are also research and tests done by this guy named Wilder Penfield that suggests that memories can be triggered inside the brain by electrical signals. And there was another experiment that was done. I think this is a very commonly known experiment where they had some guy lift up his hand and they told him to actually lift up your hand and they measured his brain signals for when he lifted up his hand. And then they blocked his blocked the screen from him and they just 
didn't give him any directions and they re- recreated those brain, brain signals in his in his head or no no what they did was that they moved his hand manually without him moving it like they had a researcher move his hand and his brain signals did not fire the same way so the outcome of this research was that they figured that there has to be something else that triggers your brain or triggers your brain to start sending that signal to move your arm that wasn't replicated by them just moving your arm by itself. Right. And that's, and that kind of supports the idea that you can affect what your brain thinks about with electric signals, but there's also something that they haven't researched that comes into play. I see. Now, in 2013, there was also a team of researchers from MIT that while researching Alzheimer's, they found that they could implant false memories into the brains of mice. And these memories ended up having the same neural structures as real memories, which is That's fucking crazy. Inception right there. That is Inception. Boys. And so all these combined research kind of shows that recording our dreams and even recreating them and displaying them on a screen as possible in the near future and by further extension Wait a second. Supports the idea that that 2013 study came three years after Inception came out. Do you think they inspired that study? (laughs) (laughs) It could be. Yeah, this but anyways, this all that research kind of furthers instills the point that it's very possible for us to have this point where we implant memories and the mind interfaces where we create a real life scenario where we cannot differentiate real life from a simulated life it's very possible i mean the coolest things is are like people who can like control their lucid dreaming like they can like they can actively choose to lucid dream and they can control everything in their dream because they would literally have this ultimate power yes right yeah. they would literally be on this like simulation point seven or eight because they would be able to always create whatever even scenarios further because they're essentially the, the creators oh they're their own gods there yeah, yeah. i mean I, so I mean I I, I remember looking You're at the programmers, and um I, I remember being tied to like sleep paralysis too, uh where like the gateway to lucid dreaming was like going through sleep paralysis because like what happens when you're in sleep paralysis is actually just like the, the spinal there's like fluid that goes into your body to ensure that it doesn't like really uh not fluid but like like your brain sending signals to your body to not move, uh but then when you're in sleep paralysis your brain is also still conscious. Well, so then you're like meant to be sleeping and then you can use that as kind of like this gateway into lucid dreaming. So like, have you lucid dreamed before? Through that means, yeah. Oh, like I've lucid dreamed without having to go through sleep paralysis before. Okay, then that's probably like yeah. the real intense yeah. lucid yeah. dreaming. And, and there's, so like when I did my sleep podcast, I remember researching about this. There are people who can actively go into lucid dreaming. So like, I think the study was, um, they figure out what their brainwave is to click a red button. Right. So like, okay, this is the exact brain pattern that happens when you click a red button and they tell the guys like, okay, go into lucid dream and click a red button in your dream. And he'll go in and he'll do that exact thing in the dream and they'll record it. Wow. And then like, cause he's trying to prove that, Hey, I can actively yeah. lucid dream. And they're like, okay, prove it to us. And then they designed the study for that. That's and they've done this with like other people too, that can like actively lucid dream or it'll be like raise your so right cool. arm in your dream. Yeah. And then like similar to what you're doing in real life and yeah. they'll just record everything. And that's what he's doing in his dream too imagine that feels like a sort of superpower well it, it is. is it literally like it is. really is because like you have unlimited creativity and like i think it's almost like a mental emotional 
superpower. It's like if someone pisses yeah. you off, you can just murder them in your dream, and like that'll okay. like blow off steam or something. You know what I mean? Okay. I was like, thinking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like, yeah, I don't know. Like, like if you're very angry at someone, you don't even have to take it out in real life. You can be like, hey, I'm gonna go to dream. I'm going to my happy place. And it's I feel like I'd be really addicted to sleeping if I could oh, actively dude, lose a dream. I'd sleep like 10, like, 12 hours a day. If yeah, I if my real life sucked, I'd be like, all right, guys, I just need a bed. Just keep me alive. It's, I don't know. Give me. It's like Inception. No, in, in Soylence 24-7 and yeah. I'm Gucci. I'm just going to sleep my whole life away. It's like in, in Inception where they had that like, it's almost like a uh, like an opioid den where there's a bunch of guys all like always in their dream state yeah. with that whole stuff plugged into them. It's literally like that. Like people get addicted to that stuff of being able to control that. Do you know if like rest is still like as optimal when you're lucid dreaming? Uh, it's different. So like when you have different stages of sleep. So when you lucid dream, you're in the REM stage of sleep mm-hmm. and uh, your, your benefits are different. So okay. Those benefits are mainly for like creativity and stuff. So like if you if 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 the listeners are interested, listen to my sleep podcast. But anyways, uh, pretty much like your deep sleep, you don't dream during your deep sleep, and that's like say creating the foundation, and in your REM sleep, you're turning that foundation into a statue. Oh, okay. So like you're getting the base amount of information during your deep sleep, and your REM sleep is helping your creativity and all those things. And and that's when you lose the dream. Yeah, you oh. don't actually dream during deep sleep. Okay. Yeah, it's like a no a non-state dream. Or non-dream state. All right. Now, the ninth stage is artificial intelligence and NPCs. Now, I thought this one was really fucking interesting. This is going to be around the 2020s or 2100s in terms of years and what we estimate would be the time frame for this technology to come out. And this is where AIs and NPCs pass the Turing test. Now, the Turing test is a method of testing in artificial intelligence for determining whether or not a computer is capable of thinking like a human being. And there has been no computer so far or AI that obviously has passed a Turing test or else obviously we would all hear about it and that would be fucking insane. I mean, I think there were some that was close, but then I think they didn't pass it still mm-hmm. from what I remember. Um, the test was named after Alan Turing, who is an English computer scientist. He's a crypto he's a crypto analyst. What's that movie about him? Oh, the one with the, uh, with like the guy, same guy. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a really good movie. Cumber Benedict. <laughs> Alan Turing movie. He is also a mathematician and a theoretical biologist. The Imitation Game. Yeah. Yes, the yes. Imitation that Game. That was a really good movie. They ha- they're getting like in the direction of this already. And I guess it, it's perfect yeah. timing because it's like 2022. So we're yeah. just getting started, right? Yeah. But they have like the VR like NPCs that uh, react to like, like they're almost like your friend in VR mm-hmm. and they'll talk to you and stuff like that. Well, it, it feels like we've gotten so good at making specialized AI that now they're finally like, okay, let's make generalized AI now. Like let's mm-hmm. get into that world. Yeah, the, the kind of horrifying part is like, you know, from so far at least, like every good example of like general AI that's learned from like our own like uh, social like <laughs> selves kill us must end up killing us yeah <laughs> or just has some sort of ill intent after like a couple days or even yeah. like a couple hours oh yeah. yeah for sure um the the test is basically a game where in a conversation with an ai it's indistinguishable from a conversation of a real being so that's essentially how we would know if something passes a test you you absolutely can't tell that they're a computer or whether they're a human being and that's kind of like in Westworld how some of them couldn't tell that they weren't I, I, I mean I feel like the the test has to change over time right because I think the test parameters from the beginning when Alan Turing made it was limited to the ideas of what they had back then of course of course 
And now, so for artificial intelligence, which is by definition, the ability of a digital computer or a computer controlled robot to perform tasks commonly associated with intelligent beings. And these intelligent beings, obviously we compare it to ourselves. These are characteristics such as the ability to reason, to discover meaning, to generalize, or to learn from the past. And there are already AIs that have made the news a long time ago that they were able to beat professional Go and chess players, which involve a lot of mathematical and strategic thinking that a lot of people didn't think that AI could get that far. But when they finally did, that's when it kind of surpassed a huge hurdle in terms of AI history. I feel like they've made the process so like simple too nowadays where they just like give them the most basic rule set and they just let them play like a million times yeah like it doesn't actually surprise me to to hear that ai can beat humans in like mathematical games or like anything that's algorithmic but what will surprise me is if they they can surpass us in like eq like like yeah because then the ability to kind of empathize to the extent that that's probably the new turing test if i had to think of one right Yeah. yeah it's to kind of like actually emotionally like empathize uh, and maybe even play the role of like some therapy uh, type of like maybe like specialized AI around therapy. Right? Yeah, or uh, even to read like micro expressions. Like if you, yeah. humans can read so many micro expressions in terms of facial expressions or body language or, or even total voice. Yeah. yeah, passive aggressiveness that no robot right now or AI can ever detect. And these are like super micro expressions, like a twitch of an eyebrow or even like the tiniest lowering of your eyebrow that you're like, oh, this person's upset now. That. A robot could not sense that out. That would definitely be a new level of the training test. Well, I mean, even right now, like, um, there's that Dota AI. What's that called again? O- Open AI. They're like pretty much they just keep running these AIs to play Dota, which is similar mm-hmm. game to League of Legends. I think that's more common yeah, within yeah. people, and like they're getting to a very good level. But it's so hard because it's such a creative thing to do, right? It's almost similar to humans, where it's like you can all these have these micro movements that could. Um, be a difference between like a beginner and a pro, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Another thing is that deep fake is becoming a lot more advanced. And deep fake is a video of a person, a video or a pic. Most most of the time, it's a video of a person where their face or their body has been digitally altered, so they appear to be someone else. And it's typically used in malicious ways, but it's basically faking videos. Yeah, I think uh, what Keem Peele, they did that one on Obama yeah. to, to, to demonstrate how crazy the, the technology is. Mm. There's like fake celebrities on TikTok. Uh, yeah. that are, it's all deep faked. Yeah, I saw an Elon Musk one that's supposed yeah. to be Chinese. Like, don't, don't they do it to the point where they can even like do it to their body? Like they can like send nudes of a celebrity yeah. that they never actually took and yeah. it's like all deep faked. I was like, damn, that's crazy. on Pornhub. But anyways, for like video games and how we were talking about like NPCs earlier, this yeah. is the part that I think is really cool. So the, the video game metaphor raises the possibility that there are both PCs, which are player characters and NPCs that are purely artificial. So if we're all PCs, that means that we're just playing the character inside the video game of life. And then that would mean that there's parameters of the game and some sort of goal to be reached, right? Because if you have a single player game then you essentially have a journey written out for you that would be pretty interesting to figure out whether we are all pcs or whether some of us are npcs and some of us are just pcs like it's like a giant mmo is what you're saying yeah essentially essentially. like life being a giant yeah sometimes my 7-eleven clerk seems like an npc (laughs) who knows right it's kind of like the thing where 
no matter what time I go to the gym, I always see the same people. <laughs> mm, yes, I have. I those have, are NPCs I have those. for I have sure. They're NPCs in your views, but maybe your NPCs in their views. Oh my goodness, well, they could be. Maybe like, they have no views because they're robots. Oh, I, oh. I think there's like a study done that like only a certain portion of people actually have like a voice in their head. Uh, and oh so yeah, people, like, an inner actually, dialogue. Yeah, an inner dialogue. But some people don't apparently, and I, I do. So it's like always so weird for me to comprehend like not having a thought in your brain and regularly or people are just like something that's like going on. Mm. Like I've, I've heard of that. And then people were saying that the people that don't have an inner dialogue are NPCs <laughs> and you guys fucking, just haven't realized fucking it pigeons. If it's like when you're going about your day to day lives, how don't you have an, an inner dialogue? Like they just, they just have the task form in their head that they know what to do. That sounds like if there was, if, we found out that everything was a simulation and you went back to see, oh, yeah, that was so obviously like a clue that everything was simulation. This would be one of them. Mm. I mean, like for those people who don't have a thought ahead, I bet they go to bed pretty easily. Yeah. Because <laughs> like when I so, some nights when I go to bed, it's a bit tougher because I've like I get riled up. I like riled myself up because I have a thought. Right? Uh-huh. And it just gets crazy. But yeah, I know you're right. That that NPC thing being intense. Yeah, I mean, why, why would an NPC have to stay up late at night anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're done your to, job for the day. You yeah. just need to go reset and you come back. Turn off and turn back on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and like, if there are NPCs, then like, how many of us are NPCs? And what's the purpose of having some of us be PCs and some of us be NPCs? Like, if there are, imagine if there are five PCs in the world. But What it, would... The goal or the purpose of that be for the simulation. Okay, but if in a larger scale of things, here's here, here's another thought to that. If you're an NPC, would you ever even come to this thought? No. Oh. Like only the PCs would technically even yeah, come technically. to this thought, right? And well, all the NPCs wouldn't even reach or, this. Or, thought. or if your, you your role to yeah. like come to the thought alongside myself, who is actually the main character. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Or it could <laughs> be That's like. True. I didn't think about it like that. Like in Legend of <laughs> Zelda, you can only deviate so far from the path. Like Legend of Zelda still has a main storyline, but there's yeah. so many side side quests and stuff. But if you deviate too far from the path, you're gonna have NPCs that tell you, "Oh, keep looking for so and so," or "Or oh, I saw so and so go this way," or "Oh, I heard that you're supposed to go here and here." And so you're kind of stuck after you run so many side quests. You can't like the NPCs kind of force you down one direction. So that's like a human developed version of fate almost yes like that's our version of creating fate in a simulated version right whereas in us in the real world we just see it as fate like fate's pushing me towards this one way but mm-hmm. maybe it's a simulation pushing you towards one way and that's their version of fate yeah i think the patterns is also a huge indicator if we have to kind of go in hindsight it's like there are a lot of weird patterns in this world like regularly the numbers is a huge one, but also like the fact that like triangles is somehow like the most superior shape. Yeah. Going from like the pyramids to everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit off topic, but like that, if I had to go back and think about, you know, in hindsight, what was really obvious. Like Illuminati, what you're talking about, right? You know, the triangle. Well, like what? From, the, from the beginning of time across different civilizations, yeah. triangles were superior shapes. How did they all know? Like, like how did they all come to that conclusion? It exists in Egypt all the way to like the Mayans and oh, whatnot, that is right? True. I mean, it also happens. In, and like, they also align with Orion's belt and certain other constellations. Yeah, like, perfectly. It, 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 when you actually look at the um, what's it called, the hieroglyphs, like um, across different civilizations across the world, they all have similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, ne- but there's no form for of uh, communication at the time, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I think we talked about this earlier too uh, before the podcast. Me and Wave was talking about like 
in my field, like when you do any simulation as in like mechanical engineering simulation type of thing, like they use elements and all elements are triangles. Like yeah. that's that's the yeah. easiest way to, to, to compute everything is, is when they're in the triangle form. Yeah. So it's like interesting because it's like why triangles and why did mm. everyone already come to that conclusion around a similar time of like civilization? I mean, planes kind of look like a triangle, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find more patterns. But maybe when you find patterns, you'll find them. But that's for the wrong reason, right? Yeah. And then this goes back to like... actively searching for it. Nikola Tesla's ob- um, obsession with the number three. And yeah. Three points, right? Yeah. I don't know. Damn. Rabbit hole right there. Anyway, so there was this guy named Ray Kurzweil. And he is one of the leaders in transhumanist movement. He's a Google futurist who believes that we're approaching the singularity in both super intelligent AI and also downloading consciousness to to silicon-based devices like Neuralink and Neurable. And because of an experiment where teams have already simulated the neurons in a rat's brain using a much smaller number of neurons and connections. Kurzweil thinks that we'll be able to replicate this experiment on a larger scale by 2045. And that's pretty soon, I think. That That's, that's I think, when I was on this other conference where I was, like, with these tech people, they also said around 2040s was when they can, they think that they can simulate a real brain. Like, yeah. they can have the same, like, pretty much simulate all the same neuron patterns and stuff of a brain. That's See, this is why, like, a few podcasts ago, maybe not a few, I mentioned that... I'd be down to be put into chiral sleep because I think that in, I guess, 50 years is when all the really, really exciting, 50, 100 years is when all the really exciting technology is actually going to come out. I mean, and life is going to look so different. Isn't it exciting to us because we're at the point we are? Like, for example, like if you have the same technology for people 30 years ago, they'll be exciting too and they'll also want to be in. I mean, I guess so. But then after a certain point, you can only do so much, right? Like, Imagine when you're 70 and all this comes out and your brain's just deteriorated too much to actually enjoy it all or to be able to contribute to it's the like study it's or contribute to if you're if you're oh, using technology to like I you guess know so. make yourself feel good about it. So here okay so I mean but like it I guess it's like a rat race it depends on how old you get versus how great the technology is because if imagine you turn 60 70 and you get Alzheimer's or you have memory issues or you have some age-related issue and you can't actually enjoy the technology because you're just your physical body's just deteriorated a little bit too much so I, I used to feel really excited around like this type of tech i still am like to be fair but like there's an extent where like if if i had to go that to that same like cryo sleep like decision the reason why i might not is is probably that like uh it's a little bit too um i feel like there's a lot of like down like um, negativity that can be use utilize with the same type of technology and i don't know if i'd necessarily want to like play with that the second thing too is like you know um i've always kind of broken down this this might be a bit off topic but i kind of broken down like you know uh things like happiness and enjoyment of life to like just your the three main like neurotransmitters in your own brain so it's like dopamine serotonin and like uh cortisol oxytocin is one of them too but like cortisol and your gaba right uh and, and basically if you find the perfect balance of this it doesn't really matter like what happens in terms of events in your life. As long as uh, that the balance in your brain is right, then you genuinely would feel good about anything that occurs, right? Um, so then when you think about something like this, and it's like, you know, what would make us like enjoy or make, make the most out of our own lives? I feel like the start should be, should probably be like neurotransmitters ra- rather than like creation of like 
um like like advancing our like brain technology to be able mm. to like learn more um probably like people would be satisfied with just having a proper uh balance of neurotransmitters in your brain and brain chemistry right wouldn't if you get to that point of like you find a way for that supreme happiness yeah then wouldn't normal just be sad now no no because yeah, like, so- wouldn't your threshold be different at that point but also if you my argument for that is how would you get to that point without having it be stimulated by something you're really interested in so like for this topic for example i feel like i would need something like this to constantly stimulate my brain in order to get there and i wouldn't see how i guess i would get to that level of neurochemical balance without having things like this to stimulate that like if you were to take away all my hobbies and everything and gave me a pill to make sure that my brain was chemically balanced in terms of dopamine waves yeah in terms of like dopamine um serotonin oxytocin cortisol all that stuff would life really be the same or would i even be the same person if i didn't need all these things to help stimulate that kind of happiness for myself i mean technically you would just be like perpetually uh satisfied (laughs) right uh it's 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 weird because like Actually, yeah, you're probably right in the sense that, like, if you're always happy, you're probably never um, because, like, it's relative to the, your last state, right? Or even if even if that, if you're always happy, then would you have anything to drive you to do a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, actually, no, you bring up a good point. You would, like, motivation comes from the desire yeah, for dopamine, exactly. not from the dopamine itself. So you need to have something to, like, make you want to chase that thing. Like, exactly. And then when you have the dopamine, that's your that's your kick. But if you're always at a constant high level, then you'd be lazy. Yeah, you'd yeah. be lazy, and then you'd be complacent. Actually, yeah, you're probably and technology right probably but, wouldn't advance. But then, like for me, I like I still think the whole argument of like would I go into cryosleep? sleep? I would probably still say no, only because like I think I think it goes back to like our stuff technology right now compared to thirty years ago is so much more advanced that they would never thought of. That like we can enjoy this, but like if we were to go too far ahead, the enjoyment would kind of change. Like um um the development of it would change. It's like it's almost different type of happiness. I it might be the boomer in us though, because yeah, we're a little older. Because like I felt the same way about video games, right? But people still play like competitive gaming. But like my or my like like growing up, we used to play like cable gaming side by side, right? Yeah. So there's a huge social element to playing with your friends because you actually have to be there to play multiplayer games yeah. since multiplayer online games didn't exist at the time, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't play CPU or PC games. <laughs> but then now it's like you just hop online. So actually it's, it's much more introverted now because you don't have to actually socialize with your friends and go over to, the, to their house to play the game with them. Yeah, it's not the same. I mean, it doesn't feel yeah. the same for us because we're so used to the baseline yeah. being physically near each other. Which is probably the going to like the twenty forty five jump. Uh, I mean, it might be just too big of a jump for us to really appreciate. Yeah, we wouldn't have been like, you know, like uh, slowly integrated. It's it's, it's it. almost like everyone likes nostalgia, right? Yeah. And yeah. like when everyone we get to that point where you can download your brain, we won't enjoy it because it doesn't give us the nostalgia factor anymore, right? I guess you just kind of have to find the balance between nostalgia and what's like super exciting about the unknown, you know. Now, there's other people that believe that consciousness is a little bit more complicated when it comes to messing with it and uploading it onto a silicon-based device with 
like other philosophies and religion involved and most of the world's religions already teach or teach of transmission or reincarnation of consciousness and that like downloading it at birth and re-uploading it re-uploading it at the death of the body and i was very curious about how you feel about this jorge because i completely do not agree with any of it <laughs> so like uh, religion based yeah you so, are quite religious so religion based, in reincarnation yeah so uh my family's buddhist and i've learned a lot about like the buddhist teaching but the way they've done it is a lot different in reincarnation it's like you don't keep all the stuff you have so pretty much it's all about like not keeping possession because they don't really mean anything right and like the only thing that include memories yeah so the only thing that continues on to your next life is your karma and karma is not like you know like you drop your sandwich and you're like oh that's bad karma bitch or something <laughs> like that, right? no no that, that, that's not the case of what oh. they say karma is karma to them is essentially like your the good things and the bad things you do in this life will reflect in your next life so for example in this life if i you know, knock on wood for some reason, got my arm chopped off. That was because something I did terrible last life has resulted into the suffering I need to endure this life. Right. So it's not more so like about memories or anything like that. It's more of like, it's a general rule. I'm pretty sure for all religions, it's like, don't be a dick. Like, don't be an asshole. And then this <laughs> is essentially just giving you a know. why you shouldn't be an asshole. Right. Like, uh-huh. like if you just told someone don't be an asshole, they'll be like, well, you know, got to give me some reason and some rationale to it. Right. What the hell? Yeah, well, you can just say golden rule and stuff, and like it makes sense. Like if you tell everyone the golden rule, like yeah, it makes sense. But I think I think it's not as much of a motivation. So like when you start putting stuff like, like pain and happiness, hell and heaven, to that like golden rule, then people start being convinced that they should be a better person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, for me, like growing up religious, like the karma thing, like it doesn't matter if if it's real or not in terms of like my religion but it just made sense as in just don't be a jerk right and it's just yeah. like okay that's not a hard thing to try to follow right but yeah no it's not the same of what it kind of you or what it was written there where it was like uploading and downloading I, I guess it's uploading and downloading the karma when you go to a new body but not necessarily the memories and and the consciousness from your last life yeah how would you think that would change like imagine if simulation was real and we like, are like the whole juniper thing the juniper yeah episode. like the whole juniper thing um, how would that translate and how do you think that would i guess redefine i think the karma for you in terms of religion i'm not sure so okay personally i think all the you people, found out it was real right yeah, now yeah. personally i think everyone that is younger than 14 will adopt it and everyone older than 14 will not adopt it and they'll just be like i'll just die and move on and then, and then soon, you know, the people older than 14 they right wake now. Up and they're like, fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's a simulation. Like, soon the people older than 14 right now. Let's say, like, I think only 20% of the people older than 14 will actually adopt this whole Juniper idea. Mm-hmm. And everyone younger than 14 will probably 100% adopt it. Um, but then we'll slowly phase out. And then how I see it is, like, how it connects to religion. I'm, I'm not sure because, like, I think at the base of a religion, religion could be completely fake, but they all just try to teach you to not be like to be a better person and i think in my opinion um that's how it is but i think there was a, a, a like excerpt in the whole buddhist thing is like when there is no more buddhism something will be reborn to like reestablish it so Fire maybe that's the case supercomputer no. <laughs> so there are other things that also support simulation theory and this is quantum interminis in interminacy 
which is the idea that a particle is one of multiple states and you don't know that unless you observe the particle. And in quantum theory, there are light particles that behave as a wave or as a particle depending on whether it's being observed or not. And this is called the observer effect. Something else that also kind of supports this is the Schrod- the Schrodinger's cat theory. And I actually never really heard about Schrodinger's cat until I watched the Big Bang Theory, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay, so I actually, I didn't learn a lot, but like I know a bit about the quantum indeterminacy. It's pretty much like um, when you measure, like when you take a microscope to measure something, mm-hmm. you shine photons or light to it and then the reflection is what you see mm-hmm. right? so like when you see a black thing it absorbs more of the light when you see a white thing it reflects more right but the quantum particle is literally the size of the electron so as soon as you shine something at it you hit it so then you can't get a reflection because it's now gone yeah yeah but it's not it's not some like magical thing i think a lot of people have the thing or say they're saying oh it's something so mystical like when you try to measure it, you can't measure it. no it's like it's literally just the scientific fact of a particle hitting another particle and that's why you can't see the original particle after it gets hit because our technology can only see things by hitting particles at something. Is the question for the theory like whether the particle exists if you can't perceive it or can't see it due to the lighting? Like Uh, like, not being able to hit it? So I think the theory is it does exist but we Mm -hmm. cannot observe it because our observation technique ruins the the state of it. It's like the observer effect. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's not it's not like I think a lot of people make it very woo woo and mystical. I was like, no, no, mm-hmm. it's literally like imagine to observe something, you have to throw a dodgeball at it. Mm-hmm. But now when you observe that thing, that thing is smaller than a dodgeball. So as soon as you hit it with a dodgeball, it's gone. So you can't yeah. observe it. Like yeah. did you hit it? Yeah. Like and you know you hit it. Yeah, yeah. But and then like Yeah. Like so so like the only way to get information is to throw a dodgeball at it and the dodgeball comes back and then you you catch it and then that's you observing that thing. It's essentially how they find out what, whether there's black holes and things right now or dark matter. Is it's not that we can see it we can't really research it yeah. we just sh- try to shine light and yeah. lasers at it and like if the, something the, or the, nothing the, comes back that's yeah. how we know right. the, the reflection that comes back is what we see that so yeah. i don't know i feel like it's kind of in the general public they think it's like some crazy oh this schrodinger's cat you know you open the box and it's dead no it's not that <laughs> crazy it's just like our technology is not good enough to see it that's yeah, why yeah, yeah that's yeah. essentially also how we find planets right now that are too far away for us to actually visually see with the technology that we have we shine lasers and light out into space and then we measure how long it takes for that light to come back or how I mean we, how long that blip of light is gone. And that kind of after you calculate it, that kind of tells us how big the planet is and what materials and what elements the planet is made of. Well, we can't how far it is. I guess it's a little bit off that. It's just we can't shine anything at it because it takes millions of years to get there. Mm-hmm. So we'll be dead by the time we shine it and it comes back. But we're constantly getting information from space that is like, like, for example, if you see a star in space, if that star is five million light years away, that star could actually already be dead because it Mm. shone that light five million years ago. And now it's been five million years and it could actually like physically be gone already. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's based off like like what we've been told about, like how fast light travels and whatnot. Right. Mm. So, So, um. Do you think that like the reason why this supports simulation theory theory might be because like uh, if if because you're talking about the processing of information right yeah um and so like things so assuming that like you know something is only really like uh so you're saying that it's real even if no one's uh, perceiving that information or or receiving information from that item if, if lights if something's happening around the corner mm-hmm. and no one's perceiving it right now does um, it still happen I mean like it. it 
if if your whole like existence is what you're what you're perceiving, yeah, then it doesn't exist to you. Yeah, things only exist to you as at the time that they're, you're receiving information. When you turn the corner and look at it, and then you're receiving the information uh, at that point, yeah, then it, it it exists in your life, like at least right in terms of how your brain is perceiving it. Although, like you know, from a greater perspective, if you don't believe in that at all, then it does exist. It's just around the corner. Yeah, it exists in your mind, and you and, have yeah, a projection but, of what it would be. Yeah, but, if but, you were to see it, exactly. But but no one's no one's actually around the corner right now, yeah, yeah. so no one's actually receiving any information from what's going on in there. Mm, I see. So like maybe the world is only as big as like you're able to perceive at that given moment of time. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. I think. Yeah, all this kind of supports the uh, cardinal rule that the universe only renders what needs to be observed. Mm. And if we were talking about simulation theory and if everything was simulated by a computer, video games only need to develop what is seen so that you can optimize your resources. Like when you're playing a game, you don't need like Minecraft, all that stuff. You don't need to render the parts that you don't see yet. That's very true. Or like... For looking out into the sky, you only can see what you need to see. So then, the only way to, and that's like Schrodinger's cat. So it's like there's two there's two schools of thoughts, right? You one school is like how do you prove that it's a simulation, or how do you disprove, disprove it. it? Right? It's either one or the other. Yeah. So the only way to disprove it is to quote unquote find like a glitch in the system, right? Where you you know see something that's not rendered that should have been rendered. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine one day <laughs> you're just talking to a friend and you look over and her face is still buffering. Holy <laughs> shit, that would be terrifying. Wait, wait, okay. Actually, I would. That would be really frightening. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I would actually or... be so happy. I'd be like, holy shit, it's true. I'm the one person that could see this. I wait, am a PC. Here's a weird thing. Then, when you wake up, is your is your vision a little blurry when you wake up? Like yeah, when you that, first wake I mean, up. But like, there's some physical aspects to it. Right. But if mm-hmm. someone's trying to like reach. For the simulation conclusion, they could say like you're it's buffering. blurry because it's like you it's just buffering. came out of the state, the sleep state, and you're buffering, or it's buffering the whole simulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thought, yeah. I think uh, I mean like we are getting better at using technology to kind of like prove what's around the corner. For example, with yeah. like something like a camera, yeah. Um, even then, it's like you know, obviously the camera is receiving information, which is then received to your eyeballs, but. Um, but I, at some point, maybe we can start to kind of get better at that, and that, and that's kind of like what go, what you're saying about like you know the uh, what were you saying about like the um, using light sh- shining yeah. light at like certain elements or something like that yeah. to like uh, prove its existence or something. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like um, I think it goes back to the very beginning where we're still stuck on like a 3D mindset. It's almost like to prove or disprove it, we have to like think in a different way that we mm-hmm. don't even know how oh, to think yeah, of. For sure. Now, there's this thing called the Occam's Razor, and Occam's Razor is a principle theory construction or evaluation according to which other things equal explanation. E- oh my goodness. Other things equal explanations that posit fewer entities or fewer kinds of entities are to be preferred to explanations that posit more. So, this basically means that we should go with the idea that is the simplest. And that is the idea that should make the most sense. And this is something that people, this is an idea that people have been using to disprove the idea of simulation theory. Because this idea of simulation theory is, to us, the most complex theory that we can think of. But the most reasonable theory for Occam's Razor 
or Oakham Razor argues that the most simplest theory should be the most realistic one. And this means that because we're living in flesh and blood, it's probably the most likely explanation. But then there's this man named John Wheeler. (laughs) He was a physicist that worked with Albert Einstein and he stated, stated that physics is about the study of physical objects and that everything is reducible to particles. And this was based on the Newtonian model. But then when we started researching more and developing quantum physics, quantum physics actually argued that everything in, everything is in a field of probabilities and it actually isn't down to physical objects and particles, but it's down to information. And this was proven by quantum theory and the observer effect. Where everything is information and from John Wheeler's words, everything is based on bits. So he came up with this famous phrase called it from bit. And this is the idea that everything we see as physical is really the result of bits of information that we currently can observe. Essentially what you guys were saying with how we are very limited with what we can thinking what we can observe because we are we just only know so much in terms of our senses and in terms of what we can imagine and this idea kind of supports the simulation the idea that the simulation is generated based on a computer science model with information as the base to the program like algorithms and it's not down to particles i don't know i i don't i don't resonate with that too too much I feel like like I understand why uh if you go back a slide like um no no the next one no 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 like down yeah yeah like the whole quantum theory and the observer effect like yeah the things aren't there but it's there because it's not there pretty much there's a probability of it being there it's essentially how we thought of um like the more we think about supercomputers and quantum yeah theory it negates previous theories that we thought about in terms of particles it i don't know i actually don't think it does only only because like only because we can't measure accurately and we need probability doesn't mean that it's not still there because i i think because we can't measure it we think it's a and we use a probability number for where that quantum particle is it doesn't not mean it's not still physically there in my eyes Oh, yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be there, but it could mean that if quantum theory were to develop a little bit more, yeah, it could just come down to numbers, essentially, a numbers mm, game. I see what you mean. Because before we thought that everything was particles, and then we went all the way down to, like, nanoparticles, and then now we're down to, like, quantum, a quantum level. And if you shrunk that down even more and you developed the science a little bit more, then it could all, always just come down to information. But is it uh, is the information because we can't observe it? Like, for example, the reason why they use the whole, like, probability of the quantum particle is because the whole, like, observer effect. Like, we can't observe it, so we give the probability of it's there or it's not. Like, it's 75% chance it's there or it's 75% chance it's not, right? Yes. Um, it's not, like, a, it's not binomial. It's not one or zero. It's, uh, it's, it's now a spectrum. But but the reason why it's a spectrum is because we can't measure it, uh, not because possibly not yet. 
yeah yeah i don't know i just don't think that that like don't go don't get me wrong i'm a fan of the simulation theory but i don't <laughs> think that was that's a like a good rationale for it because it's like just just because we can't measure it we assume it's all based off just information it is based off information as a probability if it's there or not but that's like everything right like the probability of my dog being at his bed is 20 percent. doesn't make doesn't prove anything is mm-hmm. kind of what i'm thinking of and now Overall, just to wrap it up, if there was a civilization that got to the point of these high fidelity simulations, then they could literally create billions of civilizations of billions of beings that are simulated because all you need is just more computing power. And his um, Nick Bostrom, his statistical argument is that there are more likely to be more simulated beings than there are biological ones just because it would be at that point with the computer power that they have it would be a lot more quicker and easier to create them than to create flesh and blood human beings and it would be a lot more reasonable to do so as well in terms of how powerful and how intelligent these beings would be what's you guys okay what's after this what's you guys's final thoughts on simulation then of it being a theory of our existence I was actually never like I was never really hugely bought into like simulation theory just because like I probably resonate the most with the idea that like you know uh two things one is like uh like it probably makes no sense to kind of take the most simplest approach uh, and not like you know think so hard about like the complexities mm-hmm. of simulation theory and whether it can be uh feasible or not so yeah Occam's razor yes. um the second part is like uh and the reason why I haven't d- dove so deep into it maybe in like a prior year when I was much younger and more of a stoner that, you know, I would, I would probably like dig into this a little bit more, but, uh, at some point, um, it doesn't really even matter. Like it, maybe it is, and maybe it's not, but like, because I kind of came to that conclusion that I talked earlier, uh, where, you know, as long as you kind of chase, um, dopamine, serotonin and, uh, cortisol, like, you know, you're genuine, you're, you're genuinely going to be like a, not only satisfied, but like genuinely happy that, you know, the idea of things being simulation don't really bother me. Um, cause what does it matter at that point? Right. What if the counter argument is believing in simulation theories gives you that dopamine rush and gives you all that? Yeah. Then, then by all means chase it. But the, the issue is that it, it's such a wide rat, like uh, such a deep rabbit hole um it's the same reason why i like you know i stopped chasing a lot of conspiracy theories is uh because of the fact I that love conspira- i love conspiracy theories oh yeah it's, it's entertaining <laughs> um but like if, if it gives you dopamine head. to the extent that like you dedicate more portions of your life to it you miss out on a lot of the things that you uh could just enjoy right be um because we only I mean have so the much. things that are proven real yeah i mean i feel very not to like just copy but very similar so like i'm actually do i think it's real um i think we're either the first civilization that's going to create it or we're, we're already in it there's that's that's the only two possible scenarios that we're in either i'm already in it or we're going to create it i agree um but oh so there's no third third possible reason that or a third possible argument that it's never gonna happen yeah no there's no way there's no way there's the technology is too fast people's curiosity is too great um to explore these type of things it will either be created or it's already created and i'm living in it um but so no second point of nick bostrom's theories hey no um 
the only other thing is like maybe there's a great filter between that so for example we're gonna deplete all our, all our resources and we just can't mm-hmm. create it right but i feel like all things being equal and we have a similar amount of resources in the future or we don't completely deplete everything we will create a simulation or we're already in one uh but similar to the waves point uh i have zero like interest in caring so like whether i am or i'm not it doesn't change the fact that i i like live (laughs) (laughs) maybe but like yeah i know like i've never thought of like even if it happens it's kind of a waste of thought in my opinion because there's so many more um objective and real things that matter to me that i want to work on rather than something so subjective and hard to grasp it's 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 almost Mm -hmm. like um getting addicted to a problem that i can't solve but then i'm like always chasing it like you know like one of the hardest Mm -hmm. like math problems or something like that like it's almost like it could become addiction to some people but for me it's like it's not worth it because i have so much other physical emotional mental pleasures in my life that's like i rather do those things plus like the, the reality that you perceive is your own right like i've been like like Oh, I mean, like, sorry, everything you perceive is your reality. So, like, the focus should be on that. Uh, and that I, at least, like, that, that's my philosophy around that. Because, like, if you start to think about externalities around, like, what is outside of what you're able to perceive, then, yeah, then, then it can go on forever. And you could also, like, just, like, be very frustrated. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a, a wall of frustration uh, when, when, when you can focus on, on optimizing your reality around you. So, so I do believe in like the usage of technologies like virtual reality to kind of extend that. Uh, that's fine. But, but, when, but when you prod like into like the philosophical side of things, then it's just like, I don't know how productive that ends up being. Uh, but it can be enjoyable. Maybe for like an evening, like, you know, and you're, you're like... <laughs> Maybe for an evening, evening to the, No. Just a good gentleman's club. We're all in our leather chairs yeah. with, uh, with some neat whiskey and but, but talking like, about life and shit. Yeah, well, sure. But like, it, but in terms of like spending like a absurd amount of time on it, then yeah, maybe it's a bit much. I do actually think the second point uh, that Nick Boster made around like, maybe we wouldn't bother bother to run simulations even if we had the technical expertise that could be applicable in terms of like like true simulations with like you know ai possibilities because they could just be so complex that you don't really get anything out of it like do we have so if we had like enough computing resources would we really use it on like running meaningless simulations uh would they really be meaningless though what do we get out of it in terms of like we would just observe for eternity well you wouldn't have to run a lot of experiments that you would have and then that would develop everything in the world like medicine technology so humans the probability civilizations right but then so because we and you wouldn't have to make any costly mistakes and that could be a business plan in itself yeah but that's assuming you're controlled uh, you have controlled variables but in a true simulation in this particular example the variables aren't controlled so you can't replicate like a simulation you can you can just run the simulation but like after a certain point like there's too many variables like it's infinite possibilities right uh, so so how do you how do you secure one possible possibility in that simulation right uh, it's kind of like the monte carlo uh, like we already have mathematical simulations today i guess so but i guess it's just like windows down all the possible errors that you can make in real life for so that you can make more calculative decisions in a controlled simulation right that's so you're controlled or uncontrolled i believe because even in the uncontrolled simulations you still get statistics that you can get out of it yeah so one of the one of the theories, um, I think on the latter slides, uh, talked about probabilities, and um, I think that really, it was supposed to support like uh, 
was that supposed supposed to support like simulation theory being like existing or which one? Is it the quantum theory one? It might have been, um, but the, the idea that everything is like a just like a bunch of probabilities of yeah. things existing or mm -hmm. not, right? Um, if we were to build like a, a like what? Okay, so like let's go back to this a bit. Like if you had an uncontrolled simulation, like what question would you be trying to answer? Like in, uh, for as an example of like something you were trying to solve. I guess if you wanted, there would be like a million. Like, there'd be infinite variables, right? There's too many external factors that could it, change. There's Pretty much, I guess what the wave saying is there's so many external factors that could change the decision that maybe you can't even account for external factor. Like maybe... Um, oh, it's too messy of an experiment. Yeah, so like maybe for some reason you're trying to find out the best like um, aircraft technology and someone in, in one external factor in the future someone create this crazy submarine technology that's so much better than aircraft but you, you would never have like too many deviation yeah, points yeah, 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 yeah maybe he ate fries that morning yeah yeah like or, or like <laughs> you know how like the the the, the butterfly effect right? yeah, yeah. Like maybe something so small that could happen oh, yeah. that could change something in a long span of time this is I mean, real... even if you don't do that then yeah. if simulation was real then and you wanted to find a purposeful reason for running all these simulations then wouldn't you just control how many deviations you could have yeah, but then you wouldn't get the full picture too, right? You what you well, could control you how many the variables. Full picture in that argument. Yeah, I mean, I it, it would be contextual maybe. So, in a good example of how we use machine learning models today, uh, so like at work, I we do kind of have exposure to machine learning models, but we keep it very, very traditional in terms of the, the statistical analysis. So we use linear uh, regressions, right? Mm -hmm. Reason why is because like when you have linear regressions, like everything has to be linear, so it's like more control, like it's like. Uh, we control the amount of variables and we determine whether those variables are like actually valuable or not to have mm -hmm. in, in, in a training set. But like what happens sometimes with like uncontrolled uh, kind of like um, training sets or like uh, machine learning just on steroids is um, there's variables that seemingly don't, shouldn't matter that are being used to kind of uh, determine like create deterministic results uh, as part of the model. And, 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 and that's kind of what I was trying to get at when it comes to simulation theory is that like, if you were to kind of get the technology to technology to get there, um, I don't know if yet, like what type of like, uh, examples that we would want to, uh, use for like an uncontrolled simulation. That's like truly like creating a reality like our own. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like there's, we can't even comprehend our own reality in terms of the probabilities and the randomness around it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, um, it's, mm -hmm. it would be hard for us to even like interpret. But but assuming that we have the technology to create a simulation like that, maybe we have the technology to interpret it as well, like pretty, pretty much appropriately. I guess in summary, you're you're pretty much trying to say like, even if we had the technology to do it, what useful information can we even extract from doing one of those simulations? I personally think that if we had the technology to recreate certain simulations or certain certain settings, then you could definitely have a lot of purposes for it. Like example, if the technology and med the technology and discovery for how to cure cancer existed right now and it was being held in held in secret because the government or whoever doesn't know how the public would react in terms of knocking down a billion dollar industry, they could run a simulation to see how things with that like that would react with certain limitations and keep it to a certain time frame. And that would be more beneficial than to just release it right now to the masses and just see how things work. And then there would be no 
but take backs essentially. But, but we we wouldn't know if that replicates real life, right? Well, I guess well, we can. So get, it could give you a certain probability, yeah. to certain conclusions that you would never consider that could help you. Yeah, if gain a I guess that actually get a better decision in real life. That would be a good use case if like everything wasn't actually random, um, but because like. Actually, and then, well, there is no true random. Yeah, we actually don't know. Because, um, I mean, okay, so Monte Carlo simulations, for example, on every possible scenario could could be like a very similar output because it, it's just a bunch of random numbers, right? And you just reproduce it over and over and then utilize like the the groupings of like those randomized uh, events in a Monte Carlo, Carlo simulation, which already exists today, and use that to determine like, you know, how people would react versus running a, a complex simulation, which pro- might actually, if... If, if the randomization of a Monte Carlo simulation was similar to the randomization of like just any event ever, um, then you'd probably get a very similar net like result, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, this is all like hypothetical now because right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's whether things are actually randomized around us or if they're deterministic. But um, I mean, yeah, I'm at probably that leaning point, more towards the former. At that point, you can't really determine whether there is a true random or not regardless. Yeah. And then if you had the power to control all these situations then couldn't you control how far the randomness can deviate and how many variations there could be i mean if you could sum up randomness and put it into numbers then yeah then could kind of yeah because you could just create a whole bunch of different algorithms i i I think they will use simulation if they do have it but just for the sake of curiosity not really like i think they'll know that they may or may not be able to get useful information, mm-hmm. but that curiosity of knowing or not knowing will motivate them to try it. I think so too. So for me, I think bouncing off what you guys said, I am a mix of the two. I think that it's definitely better to focus on what is actually real and what we can, what we tangibly have as evidence for our lifestyle right now to focus on what we can control and what we do know. But I also think that with that mindset, without being, I guess, offensive or anything, with that mindset, then if there's nobody in the world that's explorative to the things that we don't know, then we would never advance in any certain way. And So those this, people are players. <laughs> We're NPCs. <laughs> yeah. And in this day and age, I feel like, that is still a career and that is still a job that someone could do. And then that would be something that could essentially go towards proving or disproving that there is a simulation theory, but you're also still very much in real life because you're just doing that as your occupation without deviating too far from being a little bit cuckoo and focusing on things that don't really matter. I mean, what if we did find out it was a simulation? What would that do? It just end? Assuming that we, <laughs> what do you mean like game over? Yeah, Finn? like good job oh, you beat the okay, boss. Well, so in in the scenario where we create a simulation, assuming that we only perceive time one to one to like how we perceive time to currently, yeah. the, wouldn't the simulation be a one to one time like to to how we perceive it? So it wouldn't well, actually be like that much faster because we can't even perceive what we can't perceive, right? Wait, what do you mean? Wait, we don't on. have the ability to go to perceive time faster than like. Unless it's unless it's like a, a already happened, then we obviously speed it up. But like, and then we also don't know if like different animals perceive time one to one. And then have you heard of the? I was just looking this up. The time the dilation creating, clock experiment. Yeah, that one I've never heard of. I guess like what I was getting Felix at. Felix Keaton, where if you put two, it was 
two clocks were put on jet planes and then one of them flew oh my goodness i can't remember the exact experiment but one of them flew significantly faster around the world and the other one just flew at a regular pace the one that flew faster around the world had a different time on it than the other than the one that flew at a regular pace i don't think they did an experiment so like it's it's a it's a it's a theory so what happens is the theory i think it was the same one as i'm thinking of is that if you are traveling in a in a vehicle almost at the speed of light very very close to the speed of light and you move forward in that vehicle so you're sitting at the back and you run to the front then technically you have now surpassed the speed of light because your relative velocity is now higher than the speed of light. Oh, yeah. But speed of light cannot be surpassed. So the only t- only thing they can do about that is to now slow down time to ensure the speed of light is conserved. Huh. And that's the time dilation effect. So pretty much one of their ideas is that if they have a they have a shuttle, and this is I think from uh who's that crippled dude? That uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. He had a theory where it's like if you had a shuttle going at a speed of light in space and they're gonna circle and come back, mm. uh the people on the shuttle would be aging slower because the the way they sense time is slower than the people on earth so by the time it comes back it's already been like a hundred some million years here where it's, it's only been x amount of years to them because their time is dilated because of their speed well like the heifing the hefeli keaton experiment it was actually run run so it was to test a theory of relativity where they had Four atomic clocks aboard commercial airliners, and then they flew twice around the world, first eastward, eastward, and then westward, and compared the clocks against others that remained in the United States Naval Observatory. And then when they reunited, the three clocks that were found, the three set clocks were found to disagree with one each other, and the difference were consistent with the predictions of special and general relativity. I think that was like 10% difference. Yeah, that, that, that could make sense considering like our time is based on Earth rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole day or whatever, right? Well, the other thing is like, um, like this is all devil's advocate, right? Like it's always like, how was it measured, right? Is that way of being measured being influenced by the experiment itself, yeah. right? Oh. And, um, I wonder if it's like, it's like certain altitudes like slow things flow like the gears down in the oh, clock I, or I like, guess that's kind of true because like 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 how do you perceive time like time is based off something right and how mm-hmm. we perceive time is based off the rotation of the earth uh relative and you have latitudes too many aspects to count in yeah but i mean i don't think it like in our sense reality it doesn't really change our time right like significantly change the time of your experience right yeah, so. But I have no idea. It could be completely fucked up too. All right, I have two questions for you guys. All right, two ending questions. What's two up? last questions. One is, if today we found out that everything's a simulation, how would you go about your life? That's a tough one right how there. How would that change your mindset about life? I guess that's the question. Um, Nothing would really matter. I, I, I wouldn't really care. Because it's like, what's death then? What's life? It's all, you're simulated. You're not real. Right, like um, I would probably think of like the the controller around, like you know, because it's like something I've never really thought of, like uh, like powerful beings as like you know anything that's like because they're not really proven, but in a simulation, proving that we're in a simulation somehow, there's a controller, there's a, the guy running the whole show, right? Mm-hmm. So then uh, that kind of changes a lot because it's like okay, well now 
nothing I do matters. Green Jeebus? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh depends on how it's proven, right? So like mm-hmm. if it's proven in a way that they're like pretty much you're it's it's okay, to paraphrase, it's almost like you prove there's a god. Like that's pretty much the proof. The proof is there's I a god, so. right? If 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 you if you somehow found out you're in a simulation, the only proof to really like determine is that there's a god, right? Because there's there's literally no other. Yes, yeah, so no, it's kind of like, like like something. When did can, time start and how did the Big Bang start? Yeah, right? like like someone can come to you and just say like you're in a simulation, but okay, well bullshit, right? Like I need some proof, right? And then the only way that they can prove it is that they can now manipulate everything and anything. Um, so pretty much they're a god, right? Like the proof. Or it could be there was like a giant glitch in the Matrix. And then worldwide, everyone observed this giant glitch. And it just did not make sense to all of physics or anything. But but that glitch could just mean that our science hasn't caught up to how that glitch well, is interpreted so. too, right? So then that's not like a yeah, yeah. factual proof. Like the only way to prove it is I like... I would want to see like... like some some greater being watching down on so, us yeah, like, like, the so there would be a lot of ignorance around like the fact that that actually means it's a simulation until there's like more like concrete evidence which you would never really get if you were actually in a simulation right yeah they would just turn it off <laughs> and oh, you, that would, is true. you can't even comprehend the fact that simulations are tur- that the simulation would turn off on you like if yeah. if everything was a simulation like right now if we were playing the sims how would you tell your sim that it's not real um literally impossible like, like don't be able to you yeah you one you wouldn't be or able, you would create a lot of repetitive circumstances that would not make sense to your sim. Mm, I mean that's a bit of conspiracy theory. I, in my opinion, the only way to prove that's a simulation is that you have first have you you prove that there's a god. Like pretty much having a simulation is playing god. Yeah, can in in a true simulation like could could outsiders even like control like or or tamper like things that are going on in during like a uh, the simulation itself. Right, assuming that they're just that they're not like physical like us, we are. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 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 perception of physicality is different than like I they guess might so. not even would be able really to mess be playing with God. It, it yeah. just plays. Like, it, like the whole simulation just keeps on playing, well, and then maybe there's like, a little glitch that we notice, and maybe we make the assumption that that could be because it's, the simulation was kind of wonky at that moment of time. Yeah. But like it's not like they could be able to do anything about it. Too. They just like whoops, I think something went wrong. Like observing down on like That's however true. they're doing it, right? Or it could even be like if if there's a lot of different, I guess dimensions and split split simulations that were created they could just not care they yeah. we could just run they yeah. just we could just be it. a running so program like, and regardless if we figured it out or not it would just be another circumstance in terms yeah in yep. the whole grand scheme of maybe things. all the simulations at some point start to figure it out and we're just yeah. kind of getting there and yeah. then <clears throat> it just runs and we're done yeah maybe that's the great filter is us hitting oh, yeah. our simulation end and level 11 yeah. of that stage but yeah, I don't know. I think even if I found out, it wouldn't. Like, there's nothing I can even do about it, right? Yeah. Like, if there's a god being, there's like nothing I can do. Now, yeah. if there's a way of like figuring out how to bypass and do all this stuff, no, but then like it wouldn't work either because yeah. it's still part of the, like okay, say magically there's a way to even bypass it. Why would anyone share that information with anyone else? Also, their reality isn't the same as ours. Yeah. Like in a yeah. case where someone is like like some other beings are like running a simulation, like we couldn't perceive their reality. Yes, uh, we yes. couldn't live in it. So it's not like we're trying to escape ours. Yeah. So you're, it, go, it still like comes 2D down to... 2D and 3D things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like it still comes down to the fact that your your reality is your own perceived one. And so it's like you might as well just either continue living life and try to like, you know, not think about it so hard. Or like assuming that you actually truly found concrete evidence that you believe is showing that it's real. You have no choice but to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't do much. <laughs> yeah. Which which maybe goes still I mean, goes back to the fact that if we were trying to discover that, you know, like uh everything's a simulation, it, it becomes meaningless for that reason as well. Cause even if you discovered it I mean it would be kind of fun. Like imagine if you found out that everything was a simulation and you found out like little cheat codes to life. Like, oh, this is like like you crouch three times. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You go to the left. Like these are some combos that you need to do and then something will pop up. Like, yes, crouch three times, blink twice, turn around three times, go Wait, flush the toilet. That, and then that can't possibly a mushroom be a grocery yard. Maybe this is uh, like, first of all, if we're in a simulation, aren't we all in NPCs then kind of? Because we're not really, like we're playing, but we're only simulating. But anyways, if that's the <laughs> case, like, wouldn't that just break it for you? Like that you would have no more joy if you actually found that out. Because, I think yeah. you would have significantly more joy. Then you'd go around trying to find out all the combos and hacks to life, right? Well, the idea with it would be that there, because of how random it is, there are no combos and hacks, and right, because it's still randomized. It's, I mean, it's still like you're part of like one timeline. That like, okay, what if what if I guess combo, it depends. I guess unless, if, unless it was like more gamified that way. Like, okay, if we're that's like arguing if there's actually free will, then yeah. Well, in a simulation, like there's it technically just goes to isn't, the end. yeah. Uh, so so at the end, so then you only if have you're an NPC, path. yeah. Your your part of that uh, that that part of you finding out was part of your whole path, or they and then doing random stuff afterwards is still part of like what you were meant to do at the very end of the simulation. Yeah, well, don't, or it could also just be like we're in a simulation, but then we we're not we don't all have to be NPCs because we could be PCs, and then the second that your simulation runs its path, you just wake up and you're actually a sentient being. But then that doesn't change the fact that you still have to live this life. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, like, and, like, I was just going to say, even with, like, cheat codes, like, maybe there is already cheat codes. Like, winning the lottery is a cheat code. And the the way to win it is to buy a ticket and hope you're the winner, and then you want a cheat code. That's a randomized event still, yeah. but, yeah. Yeah. Well, but that that's is true. And I guess the second question, there's two parts, I guess. What would you do if you found out you were an NPC or you were a PC? I'd keep playing. <laughs> wait, 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 but if you're an NPC... Uh, but you found out you're an NPC. Doesn't that make you a PC? Like you're totally aware of your Ooh. your being. Like, you're not running a script, you're unless right, you're right. Well, well, unless that's part of the script. Is the NPC trying to figure out that if they're a PC or an NPC, and it just goes about around in circles, on on like whether they're actually like like what defines an NPC or a PC? Then I guess what I was thinking about an NPC would be like in Westworld when they find out that they're not actually real and that they're quite pro programmable. But I guess yeah, at that point. In Westworld, it kind of breaks down the definition of what an NPC actually is because in Westworld they actually do deviate from their path. And they're they they're NPCs until they become path. PCs. Yes. Damn, that's the cool part about Westworld. Damn, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, so, so our re our realization of that already makes us a PC then. Yeah. That would be pretty lonely if I found out I was the only PC in this entire world. Yeah. Or imagine if you found out that you're a PC and there's only one other PC in the world. Wouldn't you go try to find that PC? The reason why it'd be dangerous, I think, would be that in the case that, in the slight case that you're actually wrong, you could like mistreat a lot of NPCs, like thinking they're just NPCs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you'd be like trolling them, right? And then like they're actually, and then maybe like the whole theory is actually scattered and like. Maybe it's the opposite. That's you're about crazy you're a trolling like, NPC and they're the PC. I don't know. Oh, yeah, see, goodness. it's hard to say now. It's because it's like you just be done. And everyone's just observing you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, I think whether it's a simulation or not we're stuck as we are so i'm kind of in the maybe maybe i'm the biggest npc ever i'm stuck <laughs> in the let's live let's live my life i hope you have an inner dialogue if you don't then i mean definitely yeah, i NPC. do have a lot of inner dialogue but 
it kind of reminds me of that movie uh, Fun Guy. I, I've never oh, watched it. Yes. By, by, I saw the it was actually right. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where he kind of wakes up one day, right? But and then, he's like, wait a second, that makes him a PC now. Right? Yeah, Almost. yeah. Even that's what he ca- I, I kind of became. It's like he, he became super aware. Yeah. Damn. Damn. But that's like yeah. that's the idea of like you know high quality AI, uh, like you know in 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 video games becoming so good that maybe they are like you know sentient in a sense, but they're just stuck in a video game because you closed it into that technology box, right? Mm. Have you guys heard what happened with Facebook and how Facebook created two AI bots to chat with each other and then eventually they started creating their own language that the Facebook researchers and developers couldn't understand so they shut it down out of fear? Yeah. Can you imagine (laughs) if that went on? That could actually be the argument against whether an NPC can become a PC. I mean, that's the start of like some really... uh, Ex Machina shit right now. Some some murdery shit. I mean... Personally, I advocate for them. They should have kept it running. <laughs> yeah, Viv's big on getting as much technology out there because she wants to see it. Well, like I want to see the Because it's like, you know, who is the greater being, right? And if, if AI are like smart enough, even though they're created by us um, and they take over the world, I don't know. Like, I guess I like, personally what's... advocate for more technology. And if it ends up, I guess, destroying the human race, then it then that's what it does but isn't that cool to see that happen well okay so then so then to, to <laughs> spin how our, far technology to, can advance to, to spin our thoughts I think it would go that far then what when, when we kind of think of if we had an ai to control the world uh wouldn't the parameters like whatever parameters we give it as like it's it's end goal not end goal but like whatever we parameters we say are like good or like what it wants no, to but, achieve but, but the training data but, is the whole yeah. world it's, it's us yeah. so it's like it, it it becomes it chooses what is good or bad based on like continued learning just like a human would right mm. uh, except except super fast because ais would operate faster yeah i think i think uh, so i mean like my stance on that as cool as that would be would simply be like as human beings we we need to kind of like assert dominance as our race like as our like entire like species and and prevent that from happening like I don't think it's in any benefit to like let the AI, let AI roam uh, and and become powerful mostly because we're part of our own like ev- from it's an evolutionary theory too right it's like it's we're, the idea is for all animals to secure their and defend their like place in like you know the broader biological like or like uh like evolutionary timeline right um, so it's so like- if there's something threatening us like AI. Yeah. Uh, the the most ideal thing is to to shut it down early. I I see it more like I completely agree with what you're saying from like a, I guess human perspective. But I guess my my interests go far beyond that. So I she's I, chaotic I, evil, <laughs> okay, or chaotic neutral maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit of both. But I see it more as in the grand scheme of things. I just want to see how far technology can go, and humans are so limited in what we can do and what in all aspects and if you really are an advocate for technology and to see how far ai can go humans should not be a hindrance she's yeah. one of them she's the so, robot team <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think it's intention right because like i think like some people do have maybe might have the mindset of building technology just to see how far it goes but like i've always seen it as something that um should benefit human life yeah, like you only build the technology that that complements us mm-hmm. uh is there any reason to go further than that probably like i I personally don't just because like the selfish side of being human and being and trying to like expand the human side of things is to use technology to complement that goal rather than just seeing how far it goes. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are just like they just want to like 
build for the sake of building, but but then there's no real intention there then, right? Like the intention would just be to like uh, innovate to just to let it roam. But I, I, guess, I, don't, I don't even know if people who have that mindset would have the motivation to keep on going if they don't have any like if there's no selfish desire um, for to, to 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 like benefit us. I guess mine would be that if there was a way for me to know how far technology and AI could go in like a million years, then that would be the satisfaction that I would get from it. And I'm sure that there would be some some way somehow somebody would be able to observe that how far technology can go in like a hundred years or a hundred million years. And even if, I guess that's where I stand, that there has to be somebody that will observe it regardless if it's human or not. And I think that's the part that's most interesting because I definitely feel like humans are a big hindrance in terms of how far technology and AI and all that can advance. Because like, like you said, a lot of humans and like yourself would want it to be beneficial to humans but like, what's the point of technology if it's not beneficial to humans? Well, I guess she's just saying that she just wants to like see where it goes. Mm. But yeah. like, I guess the logic is that I don't know if there's very many humans uh, who have that decision-making power to let that happen. Yeah, it's more so just the uh, possibilities of the universe, I guess. Like, would it even make sense to you though? Like, if if they go so far, and then at the end of the day, they just want to make a cube. Like that, that 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 could be their goal, right? Like that, that could be, be what it, they want. Like for me, I think for me, it's just interesting. Mm. Marvel interesting to see it. how far everything can go in terms of technology, AI, AI well, all that I, stuff. Like, it doesn't need to benefit humans. It doesn't like I don't need to see it happen. But if if I became okay, if technology was allowed us to upload our consciousness to some sort of cloud that wasn't. I guess based on a physical form and we could upload it to something that we can't even perceive right now, like some sentient cloud or whatever like that. And we would just be able to allow technology and AI to run for millions of years. I guess that would be what I would find the most interesting and what I would find the most rewarding. And it wouldn't matter if it benefited humans or not. And I, yeah, it wouldn't matter if it benefited, benefited humans or not, because in the grand scheme of things, humans wouldn't even matter. Well, most sci-fi uh, films that kind of uh, dive into that usually just ends up like, you know, yes, you have a utopia of like machines, basically, because that's what AI would end up building. And then all humans are like gone. Maybe you have a few in hiding. I maybe. guess because at, in my opinion, at that point, wouldn't artificial intelligence be living beings at that point? Because they would be able to create their own intelligence. Yeah, they could very well create we their own flesh and blood. Like, yeah, that, that we can't far. differentiate from real life. And I guess that's a simulation theory. Well, so, so like similar to how viruses work, it's like they could very well implant like themselves into human brains uh, and, and, and advance humans. And maybe that's like the like because, you know, there is an extent where like living the idea of being like a superior living being might include a humanoid form, which, yes. which AI doesn't necessarily have right away. Um, so, yeah, so maybe it's like but that would be like a virus. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we would. Not, so that's part of the reason why, like, I don't know if we would agree with it, obviously, because like, it would just literally be superior and kill us. But. Yeah, it would work. I guess so. Or I guess I, I I feel like I have such like a peasant thought to it though. It's like, what would AI want most if it had its own thought? Like, what would it be its biggest benefit? What would it want? And it goes back to it could be literally fucking random anything. It could be like create the largest planet but, or but something like that. And, that could be true. And 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 then it, 
like what we would see if you go into the cloud and you would see you might even see nothing because they would be like there's no point in doing anything so they just like delete right yeah because, I guess because so like in the reach. grand scheme of things there's no point to anything that's because like saying. well because yeah. like what what i'm saying is like if you don't give it a purpose. goal or a purpose to work so if, if your purpose is to say uh yeah like extend human life then it's gonna extend human life but if your purpose is just to say like like you know, pick your own goal yeah, yeah. Pick your own goal. Then, then. It, it probably then you're probably right. Actually, uh, well, we don't know who's right or wrong, but like yeah. you, you make a good point where it might just just self destruct the entire universe. That yeah. is a really good Cause, point because nothing at, matters. Yeah. yeah. At what point do you stop advancing? Because we're here trying to decipher like you know really complex abstract ideas. Uh, AI once it gets to that point and and, and it's trying to like go in circles around reality. Then it eventually decides true. nothing matters. Like is isn't so then it just self destructs? Isn't the bulk like the of the AI everything, co- everything, everywhere, all at once thing? Yeah. It's the fucking donut. But isn't yeah. isn't like because like because my thought of it is like if AI at the end of the day was it do like at the very core of it it wants to run the rest of its script and be complete eventually right yeah. mm-hmm. and the only way to do that if there's no more if it doesn't have a purpose would just to be to nothing. exit yeah to like to yeah. complete to like that is true. To, yeah. to, to stop right yeah. i mean nothingness so so, so then the, and after that then it becomes no superior being because then you know let's say they killed humans along the way yeah, <laughs> then, they'll just destroy they'll just, everything yeah, that, everything's gone yeah that would actually be a very sound argument against why simulation like there's no simulation actually because if the universe has run its course for long enough then simulation nothing would exist possibly but i mean i still think that even if there's a technology someone might try it to like see what they can see before they try you think that they'd be like a big enough brain to have thought the same thing that we just discussed right like they'd be like okay we already know how this is going to turn out because like the the theories are all 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 lined up the same theories that, that, that got them to build to get the technology to build a simulation are the same theories that would support that the end of it all is nothingness. Mm. Or to play devil's advocate, if somebody had a larger brain than us, they could think of different possibilities that us three can't even conjure. I mean, sure. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, I mean, anything could happen at that point. I mean, mm. yeah, that's just reaching at stuff. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. I guess like for me, if we were able to, if technology was able to advance far enough that we would have non-physical forms and we'd essentially be be sentient beings, then at that point, it would be really nice to be able to observe the state of technology and how far it has become. But if we push past that and it becomes a complete loop, like you guys said, then yeah, it would there would be nothing for sure. The worst and then part it would is all be pointless. If there was nothing, if, if that's how it turned out and it was just like meaningless your sentient mind would still be uploaded in the cloud forever and like just observe nothingness for like eternity because you wouldn't be dead. That would suck. I mean, if you're up would in the you, cloud, would, 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 would the, the cloud still exist though? If the program is done running? I mean, I guess it depends on what, what, how does the internet, like, I guess like if there's no power on the entire earth, then. But it, isn't, even, isn't your perception of time is different then if you're on the cloud? Possibly. Maybe I'll just feel like you're on streams 24 7. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird. Well, okay, well, I guess it feels like we've learned a lot about possibilities of simulation, but it also feels like we've learned nothing at all <laughs> in terms of we got to no conclusion <laughs> whatsoever. I love um, this. I love my team. But I think, I think that's where it had to go, right? I think. Yeah. 
I think if we if we simulated the same conversation, I feel like we would come out with the same ending many many times. Possibly, or we could think of something new. I mean, like I feel like you <laughs> can run billions of simulations, and there's obviously going to be some deviances. No, I feel like there's some things that will converge, like you know, one plus one sure. is going to be two kind of thing. Yeah. I think the conversion is <laughs> is that we learned a lot and we also learned nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Which is which is which, isn't is, a bad which thing. is everything, I guess. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a which, conclusion to everything. Well, that's true. Yeah, across every simulation, some things have to be, be like static, like one plus one equals two. Yes. So if those things occur, then yeah. But technically, one plus one can also equal three. I, I don't know if I want to dig into that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that just break the simulation if that was true? Because then the simulation is based off math, which yeah, is it's based one off plus one. I mean, the math that we know, that we know at the moment. That's true too. <laughs> So that means you're, that means the simulation that would be used wouldn't be representative of reality Wait, what if math? it's the math. Oh, that is Wait, true. Has there any been any like math that has been discovered like um in the re- recent like decade, like that's brand new like concepts that we haven't ever touched? Because I always thought that math was such like an absolute thing. So like there were there couldn't be possible like aside from like concepts of infinity and whatnot. But even then, calculus was invented like at least a multiple dec- decades ago, right? Um. I'm just thinking okay like so, I, like so like string theory and stuff like that that would be more of a physical yeah. physics not very exactly math. that's so core and, and yeah. math supports that using yeah. like foundational concepts from decades ago so yeah. so core concepts of math aren't aren't they all already like discovered i mean there are mathematical mathematical questions that we haven't been able to solve yet that that would oh, yeah. be the only case but then yeah. like to solve those we would use the basics of yeah. what we already know so everything ends up being built off yeah. foundation Essen- of what we already Well, know. essentially, unless you're trying to prove, Something I guess, wrong. like you said, string theories. But then that, that but then that's a, more that, physics. That's a, that's a physical proof, not a, like then, a mathematical. Mm, but then physics does boil down to math numbers still. Yeah, but the same numbers we know already. Like uh, the, the concepts that we, we've we already utilized. In yeah. I guess so we uh, just had to rework it. Yeah, pretty yeah. much there hasn't been any new mathematical. Like, oh okay, my God, yeah, we need so a like, new number. But then there's yeah. like new constants that we don't know about. But then I guess that's just still. Mm. Yeah. Could we know. discover them using the same concepts that we know of today? Right? I guess so. But, but I guess if you really want to argue that, then we can't even comprehend what we can't comprehend at the same time for math. Yeah. If I, it just doesn't make sense, then we wouldn't included well I, I, I guess the point i was making then is that like has anyone ever disproved anything that we already know because i so you're totally right you, we don't know what we don't know uh has anyone ever like disproved something that we do know like just uh, something absolute, that's like uh, that's actual yeah. that we think is a fact right in terms of like math it's yeah that's like the most absolute form of fact yeah right yeah. this has to exist and, and always work out this way yeah. or at least when it comes to probabilities and that's a different thing entirely but you get the idea I mean, these yeah, are who knows? ideas. A lot. Though, so. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. We um, we threw the tinfoil hat around, and uh, that was I'm pretty keeping fun. it on. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's uh, it's a different pot. It's different like oh, thing I that we talked about. The mental gymnastics for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just love thinking it. about the possibilities like of the possibilities of the possibilities. Brain right? just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, but uh, yep. So had a fun podcast. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. If you guys did, please like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. And click on the notification bell. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts. So check us out there. Uh, Next week's going to be a very exciting podcast because this is going to be a new form of podcast we're doing Mm -hmm. um, off-site. So that'll be very exciting. There's going to be more visuals to it. So that'd be pretty cool. 
Uh, and as before, if you guys are ever interested, uh, please give me a message if you want to come on the show. Uh, we always want, you know, new and different guests with different ideas and just to, you know, talk, sit around and talk shit all day pretty much. Yeah. Or if you want to come on the show, talk about a certain subject, just let us know and we'll work it into our schedule. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's it's been fun. It's still been fun. So I'm happy to, you know, have you guys listening. And if you guys want to be participate, I'm more than happy for that. Um, I think that's... I think that's everything. Yep. All right. Thanks Thanks for coming, Wayne. Bye. Thanks. Bye.